This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. Give me a name. Like Who delivers <laughs> this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? <laughs> Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Krage, alongside, as always, the king of banter, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what a week. What a week. This is classic flagship here. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I slapped my hands. I did that. Before I before I got down <laughs> to record this show, I, I, I got all my drinks. I got multiple drinks. You know, That's how I know I'm excited. I got, like, you know, I got a coffee here. I got a beer. I got a water. I'm ready to go. Like, I got every everything possibly... You know, figured out, and then I did the thing where yeah, I put all the all the drinks down. I was a bit, I was about to sit down. And I went, let's do this thing. Let's go, flagship baby. Let's do this. So, um, I'm excited. Can't wait. Yeah, but then you're gonna have to take a leak. At some yeah, point. that's gonna definitely happen for sure. That uh, I did want to let you know that I will at some point. I uh, have to pee, and I will try to uh, to coordinate it at a, at a at a good time. But yeah, it's it's gonna be a wild one today. Can I let you behind the curtain? For a second, absolutely, yeah. Take us. I think I think the listeners enjoy going behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Enjoy that, right? Um, last week, I definitely pissed in a water bottle while the show was. Whoa, happening. okay. That's, so did you did you mute or did you just creatively? I let do it, it fly. I let it fly because I figured if you heard it, it would make for great radio. <laughs> So now why, you, why you didn't feel confident enough to leave? You didn't feel confident enough to get up and leave? Well, okay. Sometimes this is what I'll do. And now for the record, I've gotten very close. I have done the eyeing it and figuring out will j- The problem is if I was on a headset, I can't really mute with this mic setup that I have. So I always get a little worried about that. But I have. I have eyed a water bottle for upwards of 25 minutes and said, would it be the worst thing if I pissed in this water bottle right now? So I, I totally get where you're coming from. But this, this is a first done, right, for you? Yeah, okay, here's what I'll do. Normally, if I have to pee... Paint the picture, please, for all of us. Normally, I know what... I've been doing this with you for almost 10 years. Stop saying that, please. Thank you. Well, it's it's the truth. I only (laughs) say the truth. So I know certain things that I can ask you where you are just going to go on a crate thing and just not shut up. So... I can ask you, I know what to ask you where you're just going to talk for long enough for me to go to, into the bathroom, take a piss, and come back. Right, yeah, and, I, and, and for you the same as well. It's, yeah. it's like, I remember one time there was time I really had to go, and I think, I don't even think there was a real reason, but I just mentioned Danhausen for some reason, and you were like, oh, don't get me started on this fucking Danhausen, and, and then it was perfect. Like, I don't even I don't even think there was a reason for you to rant about Danhausen, but I, I remember it well. I was like, God, I need, I need a Joe thing right now. And uh, yeah, Dan Housen and Alley Cat are, are are usually pretty good ones. So yeah, so th- sometimes I'll do that and I'll come back and or or sometimes I'll wait for you to do one of the ad reads because I know exactly how long those are, mm-hmm. you know, and that's enough time for me to pee and come back. But last week I don't know what it was. I couldn't find an opening. I don't think we had any ads, and I just I had to piss, and I, I had an empty water bottle, 
and I just pissed into the bottle, and I thought to myself, I'm not going to mute because if he hears it, it's going to be tremendous radio. Yeah, me saying, Joe, are you me. pissing in a water bottle? Like that, you know, that and exact, go, yes, exact, that exact cadence. And you'll go, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm doing. But I wasn't going to say anything unless you said something. I wasn't going to force Interesting. it. Interesting. Now, now, when do you remember what segment this was so that people can, can astute listeners can go back and listen? And No, definitely and, okay. third hour, but I don't know exactly okay. where in the third hour, but it was definitely third hour. The other thing was I didn't have the door locked to the room. And I was I was actually more terrified of my wife walking in, catching me peeing in a bottle. It's one thing to record a podcast you know, for three hours every single week, but now you're peeing in bottles too. Like, come on, what are you? What are we doing here? Yeah, that I was more scared of. I was afraid she was going to come in and see me peeing in the bottle. That was like more terrifying in my mind than you hearing it. But that also would have led to tremendous radio if she walked in and like screamed because I was pissing in a bottle. You know, and that that would have been good too. Um, behind the curtain number two, are you ready to go behind the curtain? I am. I, I, I did want to just say that, that people, you hear the term, like people say, oh, I piss in a water bottle, I piss in a gator about all that sort of stuff. It is very difficult if you've never done it. It's an art form. So is this a first, this is not the first time you've ever done this, correct? I had never pissed in a bottle and I could tell you that I was dabbing up pee droplets from the carpet when I was done. Yeah, it's not good. Body. Like I, I've done it before. I've done it in cars and stuff and it, you think, oh, this is easy. You know, it's, <laughs> I just put this thing in here and then I, I pee. It's not that easy. And then the, the problem that I always have, and I don't know if you had this problem, this is a terrible way to start this show. We're probably going to get a bunch of new listeners that have never listened before, new $10 subscribers, and here they are listening to Joe and Rich you know, break down pissing in a bottle. But one problem that I've had, and I don't know if you had this problem as well, is when you really when you have to go so badly that you've resorted to pissing in the bottle, you got to go pretty bad. And the problem is if the bottle's not big enough, have you ever had this? Well, you said oh, this. well, see, that I was, I was just going to say, I have never pissed in a bottle so I wasn't sure if it was going to contain my entire yeah, pit. Yeah, and it does. sometimes it does, and then sometimes you get thrown for a loop, and you do this math in your head, and you're like, oh, no, oh, no, this thing's three-fourths full, and I still got a lot to go. And then you're like, then it's a panic time, because then you keep going, yeah. and then you have an overflowing bottle of piss all over wherever you are, whether it be your car or your carpet or wherever, and now, it, now it's like, oh, what the hell do I do? So I've had times where I've, I've had to stop midstream, you know, throw the, 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 the pee out of the window and then go right back to it. But, you know, that, that's not going to be clean. That's gonna I be... can't I can't stop midstream. How it's not. Uh, well, you can you can kind of I mean, you, you, when, when the going gets stuff, you got to do it. But it's not great. It, it trust me. It was not uh, it was not one of my finer moments. No, I feel like I'm going to damage my gimmick if I do that. I can't I can't squeeze it shut. No way. But um, I, there was a moment moment of panic because it was filling up fast. Yeah, it goes like, oh, quick. Too. It goes quick. It's and warm then, and it's quick. And, yeah. Oh, it's so warm and gross. <laughs> it's so I, disgusting. I, I didn't even want to look at it. I put it like behind the desk. I was like, <laughs> I'll get that later. Um, capped it up and put it behind the desk. But the other problem is I have an enormous penis. So it was really hard to maneuver. You know, to to you know, point at the yeah. The are, we ta- are we talking Gatorade bottle here? Because that's that's the go to always. Because the bigger mouth, you know what I mean. Pretty good for any the girth of any man can can usually fit uh, into uh, Rich, a Gatorade I'm, bottle. This is just a normal. This is just a normal water bottle. I'm pretty large, Rich. I'm pretty large. <laughs> but it was a uh, it was a standard water bottle. Those so are tough. Was, Those are tricky. It was real tough. Yeah. You got you got to have a good stream. You got to have a good solid consistent stream to get that going. So behind the curtain number two. Two. Okay. Yes. Go ahead. I just uh, published a new Thursday TV reviews, breaking down the dynamite from yesterday. $5 tier, everybody. Uh, Patreon.com slash Voice of Wrestling. Um, I recorded that entire show naked. That's behind the curtain. Naked. Naked. Completely nude. Fresh out of the shower. 
No underwear, no towel, Nothing. no shirts. Naked as a newborn. <laughs> now, what kind of chair do you do this show in? You bounce uh, around. Yeah. You bounce around in a few different places, but I got a standard desk chair. Standard desk chair. So leather or like faux leather? Yeah, yeah, like a standard leather desk chair. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's okay. I'm not a gamer chair guy. I, I yeah, right, 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 right. Well, I wasn't sure if it was like some sort of like you know, they, there's there's different like like I have a my back is is or my seat is leathery, but the back's kind of like a uh, I don't know. It, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's it's not the back's not leather. It's more of a kind of because like you said, like kind of the standard desk chair. So. I gotta wonder, man. The naked on the on the leather, hot in Texas. I don't know. That's I don't. I don't no, love listen. It. I don't this love is it. listen. I'm not a cheapskate. This is fine Corinthian leather. It was very <laughs> soft on my body. It's very soft on my body. There's no problems with that, you know. So it's. <sighs> I don't know it, about I, the naked. I I don't know. That's that's a tough act to follow. Now I I what I do is I'll I'll I'm I'm a basketball short guy all the time. I I'll, yeah. all around the house I wear the basketball shorts. The second I walk in the house, it's straight to the basketball shorts. What I will do before the flagship is get rid of that underwear. I got no time for underwear when I'm doing a flagship. Right, right. So I <laughs> I get that. I get I get the the need to be free, but you're a little too free. I think you're the the full naked is 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 a tough. The, the problem is okay. Every, the problem is you're naked. That's not the problem. I'm gonna tell you the problem. Okay, go ahead. It's not a it's not a, a visual medium, Rich. Okay, fresh from the shower, I, I'm feeling good. It feels okay, good. Well, you just, are. A, I will say this: you are a man who does his best work naked. So so I get it. Oh, without question. Yeah, Listen, okay. they don't call me the Kenta Kobashi of sex for nothing, Rich. Um, the thing about it is where the room where I record these shows, the room I'm in now, happens to be that one room in the house that is the hottest fucking room in the house, no matter how much you blast the same air. Here. Yeah, same with me. Yeah, that's why I have open windows and a fan going right now because, yeah, the air is on, the air is going, but it, it never gets to this room, ever. Everyone has that room in the house. Like, it, you never know which one it's going to be, but that's the other thing, too. So, um, now listen, I could throw, uh, listen, I can throw my cam on and you could take a look to, do you want to gamble? Do you think I'm naked now? Um, hmm. I really don't want to gamble to be honest. I could stand up, but we could throw that cam on. And I'm you can good. Take a shot. I, I think I'm all right. Okay. I think I'm all right, but thank I you. I happen to be fully clothed uh, at this point. Now, full, now when you say fully clothed, are we talking like, are you wearing slacks and like a, a button up? Like what, 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 what determines slacks fully? Slacks and a button? Why would I put on slacks? It's professional. It's a professional operation here. <laughs> For, okay. First of all, I haven't heard the word slacks <laughs> since like my grandmother in 1998, suspenders, when, like, I got, yeah, you got suspenders yeah, when I, I got my I got my first real job, and she's like, "You want me to take you to the store for some slacks?" <laughs> you know, that's the last time I heard the word slacks. Okay, that's number one. Number two, why would I put on like a button up and get fully dressed? I like the at, idea. We should start. We should do that. We should now have a dress code for these flagships. We should we should be wearing tuxedos or or suits, black tie. Collared shirts. I'm not going to do that. I, I I tell you what. If this was, if we did the gimmick where it's like a video mm-hmm, podcast or mm-hmm. whatever, I would absolutely get dressed up for that. Yeah, you got to look your best and you got to present a professional image. Okay, that's what I'm talking about with the gamer chair. I don't. I, you know, I'll watch some of these streams of these wrestling podcasters, and they're sitting on like a gamer chair and they're wearing a fucking Sasha Banks T-shirt, and I'm like, fuck is this? Okay. Uh, is this a professional operation or, you know, uh, I should probably, you know, we're going to, I probably should cut this one short, but you get the idea here. It's like, no, look the part. Do you own a sport coat? You know, would it kill you to, uh, you know, look like you're doing, uh, but you know, it's, it is what it is, but we're never going to do that kind of show. I don't want, 
I would be mm. very uncomfortable speaking on camera and doing this show. Yeah, I, I do too much. Like, I'm, I'm all over the place. I'm petting dogs. I'm picking my nose. You know what I mean? I'm drinking beer and coffee. I'm, 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 you're talking, and I'm looking off screen and typing something up, or I'm looking at the chat room. Like, I can't look in one direction. And, and then you got to, you know, you have to enunciate in certain ways. You got to play the part. And I, I don't want to do that. It, it's, you know. I got one eye on the Reds game half the time. <laughs> That's what I mean. <laughs> right, right. Are you kidding me? I gotta, I, um, there's some times where like my toes are itching and I'm like itching my toe. I mean, it would be a disgusting show, a brutally disgusting show. I gotta do my hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Rich, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a hat. I'm wearing a yeah, yeah, I'm in a bottle. <laughs> right, right. I'm pissing in a bottle. I can't be on. Could you imagine like Sean Ross Sapp getting up and pissing in a bottle in the middle of his <laughs> podcast with uh, Denise Salcedo? Could you imagine <laughs> that? You know? Ridiculous. Can't do it. So no, we're we're not going to do the. Vi- Who wants to watch us talk? Anyway? I have no idea. Yeah, I, I've yeah. No. Shake the Shake the ropes has done it for the pretty good success there with Jeff and and, and Chris are, are doing a pretty good job with it. But uh, it's definitely not something I have absolutely zero interest in ever doing. You so. know their YouTube their YouTube views are up. Yes. since they put the people love the faces. So, people love the faces. So people enjoy the faces. And I'll be honest, I'm pretty easy to look at. But mm-hmm. it's just a matter of I I'm just not. You know, there's I got too much going. I yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I I'm not. I'm just not interested in that. Um, you know, if there's more money to be made somehow, then you know we can talk. But, within uh, reason, within reason, yeah. But uh, I'm all over the place on the show. I really don't. Yeah, like you said, well, one listen, eye is in a different thing. direction. You can, you can go, go look at Will Osprey holding the title. That's that's what that's what you can look at for the show. It's fine. It's I'm an abs. I'm an absolute whore. So if there's a way to make money off of doing the video, let me tell you, those Thursday TV reviews are going to be on video uh, starting next week. So even after all this talk, I would be the first one to. Uh, if it meant making an extra buck. Yeah, you also got to dress the room up a little bit too, like You do. You do. Like you this can't. room's okay the one that I have, but it's it's not. I'd have to really put some work in here to, to get Well, that's what I mean. I'm never going to be gamer chair guy with a replica belt behind me. I right, mean, with a ring light, with a ring light <laughs> in front of you or whatever. And the other part too is what happens is so right now and it's going to happen in like an hour here is I start the show and I don't turn any lights on. I'm just in this normal room or whatever. And what happens is, you know, the sun's still out and it's fine or whatever. But like in an hour, the sun's going to go down. But I'm here in the midst of the show and I'm talking. I'm doing all this sort of stuff. I, I have to show I do it like pitch black. And then the nurse comes home yeah. and she yeah. turns a light on. Like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm here and I can't reach the light. Like, what am I going to do? And like, she's like, let's just turn the light on before you start. But I'm like, ah, when I'm starting, there's, you know, ample sunlight. I'm not thinking about it. But yeah, if I was on video, I'd have to think about that. And I don't really want to. So. Yeah, you got to be concerned with what's behind you. And yeah, I got what it is even behind. The whole me. thing. Like, I, got, I got an Ultimo Dragon mask. That's kind of cool. So I've got a painting of a naked lady oh. behind me. <laughs> Do you know it's this naked uh, lady? Is it your? Is it? Is it TLB or is it just a? Nah, it's artful. It's ah, something okay, she okay, okay. It's like one of them. It's like a. Uh, it's a. It's a painting like a French, of a, a Monet. <laughs> it is. It's. Right. It's paint me like one of your French girls kind of thing. Got it's it, like got a, it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. A woman standing there. You can't see any boobies because she's facing the other way. Oh, so what's it's the point? A, oh, so it's all booty. It's all booty. You can see her back, and then there's like a a wraparound by her mm, butt, and you mm-hmm. can just little see crack. A, little, crack. a little bit of butt crack. What's she working with? Pretty good. It's um. I don't know, man. It's a it's a painting. Okay. It's hard to tell. Yeah. It's not a bad body. I, I feel like it's not that hard to tell, but all right. I mean, you're Joe I mean, You okay. can tell. You can tell. It's you. Like, would I bang the girl in the painting? Yes. I that's what. Yes. That's painting. what I'm trying to get around. That's what you're getting yes, at. Thank you. So there's a there's a naked lady painting, uh, very artful, and then beneath it 
is like a uh, a flower, a flower fucking vase with some white violets coming out. What, what what's a white flower? Is it a violet? I'm not a botanist. I'm not a botanist. Um, a white it could be a lot of different things. A, uh, lilac or something. It, it could and be a lilac. Them. Yeah, it's it potentially be a lilac. There's a fancy candle, and I don't know. It's it's you know yeah, clearly Joe, Joe stuff is, that yeah, I have not clearly been doing. Joe has not uh, decorated uh, the room. Yeah, yeah, it, but, it, it's um, possible. Yeah. Joe did not put the hydrangea behind him or whatever. There's two naked lady lily or whatever behind him. So two naked ladies. Yeah, there's a naked lady on the other wall too. Is this the sex room or what? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I was just gonna say. Okay, Um, this is where it all happens, my friend. But um, they're not. They're like classy paintings. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. You're a classy man, so I I get it. I'm. Well, listen. You know, some may say, but uh, (laughs) you know, you know, she put a mirror up. Oh, right above the like. I have to look at myself when I'm doing the show. Oh, it is awful. (laughs) That is weird. The faces I make when I say certain words. This is why this show can't be on video. I'm like, what is this mirror? She won't let me move it now either. So the the mirror is there to stay. Apparently. Um. So sometimes I'll slide the chair just out of view. What do we? There's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. about Yeah. Let's let's. Well, now Jeez. I have to make the very awkward transition to Joe bangs in a room with two naked French paintings, and <laughs> we have a, okay. You know what? I have a better way to do this. Okay, we have a yeah. lot to get to yes. uh, this week. We have Will Osprey. He's injured. Mm. IWGP World Heavyweight Title is vacated. Hmm. We'll discuss that. AEW's got a new TV deal. They're changing channels. We'll discuss that. NXT cut a bunch of people. We'll discuss that. WrestleMania Backlash Joe, the zombie match that happened last weekend. We'll talk about that. We also will get to MCW's New Horizon, Melbourne City Wrestling, their show from earlier this month, New Horizons, which we watched, and also Dragon Gate, King of Gate. We'll check in on what's going on in Dragon Gate. So before we do any of that, though, we do have to start, unfortunately, with some uh, some deaths that we heard about last week, um, the first of which being New Jack. Uh, who suffered a heart attack and died Friday afternoon at 58 years old for New Jack. Uh, then we'll also talk about Don Carnoodle as well, who, who passed away uh, at age 71 uh, over the weekend. We'll uh, obviously start with New Jack here. Uh, Joe, is, as the host of uh, Joe Vember to remember on, on patreon.com slash Voices Wrestling, you are obviously an ECW fan, well-versed in New Jack. Uh, you've been to many, many ECW shows back in the day. You, 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 you are the, one of the foremost experts on, on, on New Jack, I should say. So what are your thoughts on when you, when you heard about New Jack's passing? And, and, and maybe for people that weren't there live. Like, I, I, I saw the tail end of New Jack. I saw 1997, 98, 99, that era of New Jack. You pretty much saw it all. You saw the entire ECW run of New Jack in real time, in person sometimes. For people that might not really quite get it with New Jack, or only know New Jack from Dark Side of the Ring, or only know New Jack from memes and stuff, like, what, what, what did he mean, and how important was he to wrestling in, in, in the 90s? When you're talking about ECW and what most, if not all, people would call the peak era of ECW, which I would term from about 1995 until barely legal, I think that's those are good begin beginning and end points to what I would consider. When people think about ECW, they're probably thinking about 1995 to barely legal. It all kind of changed after barely legal. It wasn't quite the same. And it wasn't the same promotion before 1995 either. When you think about that era of ECW, which is the most memorable era of ECW, and when I think about going to those shows in the ECW arena and the memories that I have, um, there's Sandman's entrance, which 
every time was just something special. Uh, there's Brian Pillman showing up, which everyone just saw Dark Side of the Ring, and when those lights went off and then the lights came on and Pillman was standing there, I mean, I'll never forget that. That was that was wild. and also involved New Jack at, at one point, too. Um, there was, uh, you know, it, it, there's all of these different, you know, Sabu and all the times that he would get fired or he'd quit and then the lights would go out and the lights would come on and Sabu would be there. There's, uh, there's, there's the transform the, the transformation of Taz from the Tasmaniac into Taz. Uh, you know, the, the human suplex machine who can stop the path of rage and all that. And I can picture all of these things in my mind's eye and these guys making their ring walks and, and, uh, and, and it really, for me, it was the best time for me as a wrestling fan. You know, I, that, that's, if I go back in time to any point in time to revisit any time as a wrestling fan, that would be it. About 1995 to 1997 and going to those ECW arena shows. And, but maybe at the very top of the list, I, I don't know if anything can top the energy and the feel and what it was like when New Jack's music would hit, Natural Born Killers would hit, mm -hmm. and he'd come out with that garbage pail. And just fucking annihilate guys while the music played. They wouldn't turn the music off. And just his interplay with the crowd and the charisma that just oozed off of this guy. And I do believe that he was every bit as important to ECW as the Sandman or Tommy Dreamer or Taz or Sabu in terms of the total package. You go to an ECW show, part of the package was, that fucking music's going to hit. That screech. You're going to hear that screech, and you know someone's going to get fucked up in a second. Yeah. And New Jack's going to come out, and everyone's going to be on their feet, and the entire building is going to be buzzing. And those are some of the biggest pops I've ever heard in that building. And he just had a way. He just, he had it. He had that charisma, the way, he had that thing where just all eyes were drawn to him. And um, just one of the most unique wrestlers of all time. And again, that's one of those memories I'll never forget when it comes to wrestling, is New Jack just those times coming down the rings to that music. And even times like before the show, outside, waiting online, where a lot of times... New Jack and Mustafa would come out or they'd just be arriving to the building or whatever. And he would always fuck with the line. He would, he would always screw with the line. Like, you know, he'd be out there and he'd be goofing off with people. And one bit that he would always used to do, he would always do this bit. He would find like the nerdiest, wormiest looking white boy, right? And he'd walk past him, you know, and he's fucking with the fans and joking with him. But then he would stop in his tracks, and he would turn around, he'd whip his head around to, the, to, to whoever this right, Which is already horrifying, by the way. <laughs> so he would stop in his tracks, because he'd be out there just goofing off with people, but then he would stop in his tracks. And he'd whip around, and he'd get right in the kid's face. And he'd say, what did you say, boy? And then the kid would look confused, you know? And he'd go, did you call me the N-word? But he wouldn't say N-word, Rich. He said, did you call me the N-word? And the kid would look terrified. Like, <laughs> I'm about to lose my I life. I am going to die right here. He's like, he's like, say it to my face, motherfucker. I need that Mustafa like pulling him off. 
You know, like who's yeah, just Mustafa as terrifying, by the way. New Jack, New Jack is terrifying. Mustafa also terrifying. Mustafa with those big eyes. The big. Uh, did he have the bandana head. too? Was he wearing like the bandana? Mustafa, let me tell you something. He had those giant eyes yes, yes, that yes. would bug out of his head, and he didn't do a lot of the talking, but he was a vital part of the act. Absolutely, the absolutely. So he'd be like pulling Jack away, and you know, <laughs> that, and the and the veterans of the line knew the bit, right? Because he did this bit. I've seen it done two or three times. And then right when the kid would be on the verge of tears, New Jack would go, I'm just fucking with you. And like fist bump him and hug it out. And, and everyone would just laugh and, and you know, and, and, and go crazy. But that was New Jack. You know, he just had that personality. And he was funny. And he, he just had a one-liner for everybody as he was walking down that line. And I think what, what, what Paul Heyman understood was this guy's going to be a baby face up here. Like we might have to bring him in as a heel and maybe he's a heel in fucking Tennessee. And that made sense for Smokey, you know, without question, but up here, people are going to love this guy. So he had to be a baby face, you know, and he ended up being one of the baby biggest baby faces in the company. I do believe he was a vital part of the package. And an important part of the package. And I do think people paid to come see New Jack. And, um, you know, he just had a presence and an aura. And I'll tell you something else about New Jack. He was one of the last of the guys that you can really believe in. You know, he can, he worked everyone. You really, you know, you never knew whether someone was going to get maimed in that ring. And a lot of times people did get maimed in that ring. Whether it was, you know, the mass transit incident or whether it was uh, throwing Vic Grimes off of that scaffold, you know, and, and it's it just New Jack felt real in a way that very few wrestlers have felt real since. You know, even in an era, even in a building full of people that were reading newsletters like the ECW arena, people still weren't sure with him. And. He was one of the last of the great workers from that perspective because, uh, you know, people believed he, he could kill somebody. I mean, it sounds crazy to say that, but people really believed he could kill someone, and no, he almost did. Yeah, no, and, and, and like I said, I think the big part about that, and, and I, said, I should say like you said, is that there were, there were examples of him in the middle of a match just deciding, you know what, fuck this guy, and just basically beating the fuck out of the guy. You know what I mean? Like, like beating the hell out of him. doing like, And that happened regular enough that you could you could buy and and I went back and watched a bunch of new jack matches over this weekend you know for you know just to kind of get that aura again and and it still is there even even though even matches that I know that he doesn't you know turn on on the guy or doesn't all of a sudden go nuts like you watch matches and it is totally plausible as you're watching that match that new jack would just decide you know what fuck you and just hit the guy with you know something you know in a way that he maybe shouldn't hit him or or whatever it's just yeah it, it, it there's an aura of danger around new jack and 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 it's still exists when you watch new jack matches and yeah it's something it's a, it's a it's a feeling it's an uneasiness that you just do not feel with any other wrestler these days there's nobody on earth that i feel that with uh, even for a second, maybe sometimes Nick Gage, sometimes very, very rarely, but never with nobody else. Like with nobody else, did you have that aura? But you had that every single time New Jack came down in the ring that you had no idea. And I'm sometimes I guess the workers probably had no idea what was going to happen in the course of that match, in the course of those ten minutes while that song's playing. What the hell is going to happen to them when they're in the ring there with New Jack? You know, Nick Gage is probably the closest thing in terms of you know if there's younger listeners who didn't experience New Jack. 
Nick Gage is the closest comp, but it's not the same. I mean, Nick Gage has the incredible entrance, and you can feel that the people connect with him, and that's very similar. But, you know, once Nick Gage gets in the ring, it's almost like, you know, I don't want to, you know, it's like, it's almost like Nick Gage works too light. Like, you can tell Nick Gage is working at all times. Does that make sense? Yes. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. He'll put his own body through anything. But, and if you talk to people who have wrestled Nick Gage, because I have, they'll tell you, he works light as a feather. Like, they love working with Nick Gage. He does all that shit to himself. You know? And you can tell he's working. Like, New Jack, you, it's like, the lines were blurred. He would fuck you up as part of the match just to get himself over. And, you know, uh, you knew you had to bring it when you got in there. He just, it, there was a different energy. And he was like one of the last guys that could really sell it. And I think a lot of it was because he really, like a lot of the stories you hear about New Jack were true. So that's part of it. Uh, he had a low tolerance for bullshit. And if you made an enemy of him, you were in trouble. But I think he was also smart enough to know that he could leverage that believability that he had. I mean, you just look at the Vic Grimes uh, thing, and there's a lot of questions as to whether that was legitimate or not. I mean, when you watch, you hear New Jack talk about it, and he says, no, I was trying to kill the motherfucker, right? That's how he played it. But you can kind of see Grimes going with it if you watch the spot over and over. You know, Maybe it was one of those things where it was planned and it was a work, but it was also part shoot because New Jack did want revenge and all that. But and because Grimes almost died and nearly landed outside the ring, then maybe New Jack played it up because he's like, well, fuck, this will work for my, my fucking gimmick if I tell people I tried to kill him. You know, but there's a lot of questions around the Vic Grimes thing. And, you know, if you hear him tell it, he says that he hit him with, I mean, there's so many versions of the story. Like he says he used a stun gun on him and then Grimes was like, I can't feel my legs. And then the famous line where New Jack says, well, you're not going to need him in a minute, motherfucker. Then, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hate to laugh at that. But. It's like, but it's like, and then he says he threw him off, but you can see Grimes going. It's like Grimes isn't fighting it. He's going with it. It's like, I feel like the spot was very obviously planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, the, the, it, like, you, like you're saying, it's one of those weird, and again, that's that, right there, the, the very idea that you and I can still have this discussion, that there was a Dark Side of the Ring episode, that pe- that this spot has been dissected and, and, and replayed a thousand times, and there's still debate about, was this, you know, did New Jack really try to kill this guy, or was this a work? I think that sums it up right there, that danger that you have with, with, with New Jack, is that all these years later, 20 years later or yeah. whatever it was at this point, we're still not quite sure if he would really try to kill this guy or not. I think it's a little both. I think they planned the spot, but New Jack thought to himself, I can get revenge on this motherfucker too. You know, this is my perfect opportunity because he's agreeing to get thrown off a fucking scaffold. Right. So, you know, did he give a little extra oomph on the toss? I don't know. We'll probably never know. But, you know, you know, mass transit. You know, let New Jack, did you see New Jack's final tweet? Have you seen this? I don't think I have. Yeah, let me go check it out. Pull up New Jack's account. Now, his wife has tweeted multiple times, but if you go into um, the replies, his like his uh, tweets and replies. Here, I'll pull it up. I got it in front of me. So his final tweet ever was this, and his wife has tweeted a lot, so I'm still scrolling down. Um, let's see. And this is concerning, obviously, the Eric Kulas mass transit incident um here we go someone brought up 
the there there was a whole thread talking about the uh, the Eric Kulas thing, and New Jack's final tweet is, "I don't feel bad at all. He died years later because he ate himself to death. He also asked me to cut him, so I did." <laughs> I mean, that's the most New Jack quote. You're it's, ever yeah, it have. is. Yeah, and again, I hate to laugh, but it, it's it's. And that's the guy's final tweet. It's so ridiculous. That's what he leaves to the world. And one tweet before that is responding to a troll with four pictures of him and his wife getting it on in a hotel room with a hot tub. <laughs> that's New Jack. That's it. Yeah, that, that's, that, that's it. That's the essence of New Jack in two tweets. The tweet before that is four pictures of him. They're making out in the hot tub. They're making out in the room with pink lighting. And he's taking a picture of the, of the, mirror, of the ceiling mirror in their hotel room. And the next tweet is responding to someone talking about mass transit with, I don't feel bad at all. He died years later because he ate himself to death. He also, he also asked me to cut him, so I did. I mean, and that's how he viewed the Eric Kulas thing. You know, he, the kid was underage. He lied about his age. He got on the show, and he got in over his head. He told New Jack to cut him. New Jack cut him. The kid panicked. He cut him too deep. He almost died in the ring. You know, and then, uh, you know, he died years later. With you know, unrelated, yeah. Um, you know, he he got a gastric bypass, I think, or something, and then yeah, I think he always had problems with his weight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, there was another one as well. I remember we retweeted this. This is from last month, uh, where <laughs> someone uh, someone shared the uh, the photo of uh, it's like ProWrestlingStories.com or whatever, and it's like you know the mass transit issue happened, and the first comment on Facebook is New Jack and says, "Yeah, I did it, and like OJ, I got away with it." <laughs> it's just- yeah. Perfect. Well, that was the famous promo from Smoky Mountain <laughs> yeah. where he said that. Yeah, that was his promo in Smoky Mountain. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, no, where he said, keep up the good work, OJ. That's two less we have to worry about. And yeah. then the whole crowd is just Keith. like, you want to fucking kill him. Good God. Yeah, you know, that was the, that's the famous Smoky Mountain promo. Right. And- he he is one of these guys. And again, like the, the reason I'm laughing and doing all this, like I understand there are probably people listening to this that think it's horrific that like this guy is yeah. considered like awesome and cool and interesting and fun. But for people that understand that this business is as trash as humanly possible, that it's an absolute, it's just professional liars. It's just scuzzy trash. Like, entertainment people that that understand that there's a value in a new jack you, you know what i mean like there's a value if, if you can re- if you can separate like your actual beliefs to whatever the fuck this wrestling thing is somebody like a a new jack you can kind of be like ah, you know <laughs> like you know i don't agree with you know I, I wouldn't do what new jack does but it's you know he he is new jack like he's unabashedly new jack and he yeah, always and was he, he no doubt was a worker but he was also real yeah and that's where the lines would get blurred. And um, I heard Lance Storm tell a great story. Um, he did audio with Brian Alvarez a couple days ago. And he said in Smokey, Tracy Smothers would sell Confederate flags at the gimmick table. And at one of the shows, New Jack said, can I, can I borrow one of those tonight? And Smothers was like, yeah, yeah, no problem. So he gave him the, the Confederate flag. And Jack got in the ring for his match, and he ripped up the Confederate flag and wiped his ass with it, and pit, you know, spit on it and everything else, and got all kinds of heat. And then at intermission, Smothers sold more Confederate flags than he ever sold in yeah. his life uh-huh. because they all wanted to buy the Confederate flags. So then New Jack and Smothers were like, "We need to do this every night." And then Smothers cut New Jack in on the Confederate flag sales, like for, on the rest of the loop, because it fucking you know they. So he was a worker. They're workers, yeah. They're, fucking, they're, they're pro you wrestling, know? yeah. It's pro wrestling. 
You know, and you would think that, you know, that New Jack and Tracy Smothers are two guys that wouldn't get along, but they're just workers. They don't give a shit. Yeah, as yeah, long as the cash just... the check cashes, they'll 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 survive. You know what I mean? They'll get they'll be okay being on completely different ends of the spectrum. They don't give a shit because there's money involved and it's pro wrestling. So And you don't even know if they're on two different it's just the guy sells Confederate flags because he thinks it's a good gimmick. Yeah. The other guy is uh, you know, it does his gimmick because he thinks it's a good and then when it works for both of them, they're fucking they're rolling in the money. So um you know, he, he's he, the guy was definitely. I think when it came to New Jack, I do think he played into it a bit because he knew it was good for him and it was going to help him make money if people thought that he was not to steal from Brian Pillman like a loose cannon type and this this guy who could at any moment uh, make it. You know, they, he knew that was advantageous to him. And you know, when it came to the gangsters as an act, I know we mentioned it, but you don't want to sell Mustafa short. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't the talker, but a very important part of the act. He had that size and those those. I'll never forget those eyes being in that building where he would just he'd have that uh, handkerchief over his mouth and he would just turn his head and look. And those eyes were just coming out of his skull and they were just they were intimidating in all the right ways. You know, it's it's a fucking you know, they, they were great workers in, in, in that way where they, they just they made you believe and. Cornette's idea was to have them be race baiting and and he cut and New Jack cut all those great promos, but it was a good example where it crossed the line into into the bad kind of heat and it ended up not drawing money. You know, the big the big thing on that is Cornette even admits that, you know, at the end of the day it didn't work because he pissed people off so much that they wouldn't buy tickets. Like it went too far, you know? So that didn't work. And then, you know, Heyman obviously wanted to get a hold of them and there's a lot of crazy stories of how they went from one company to the other, um, but they eventually ended up in ECW, and you know, depending on whose version of the stories you want to believe, they ended up in ECW, and they, I mean, you know, they they had to be baby, they they had to be faces at some point. That crowd was not going to. That's the difference between South Philadelphia. Yeah, that urban Philadelphia crowd was not going to. <laughs> they didn't want to boo this guy. Are yeah, you kidding yeah. me? They were they were great. Like you know they you know and and. You know, it's it's he had to be a, a baby fan, and then eventually, you know, down the line, Mustafa turned on him, and they did all that craziness. But... Yeah, yeah, I, I, that was the first match I watched: is Mustafa versus New Jack from uh Really? Uh, yeah, that was yeah. your entry point. Uh, no, no, no that, this weekend, this weekend. Oh, I, I'll, this I'll weekend. talk about my New Jack entry point here in a bit. When, when yeah. you're done, I'll I'll kind of touch on it. But um, no, that that was uh, that's the first match I watched this weekend because I remember it pretty vividly. I remember watching it live on on, on pay per view, uh, ordering it at the time when when I was very I would very rarely get pay per views, but I was that interested in seeing the breakup of of the gangsters that I, I I found a way to order that one. So yeah, so um, you know, that's what I think of when I think of New Jack. Obviously, he was never ever going to get a shot in WWE because he they couldn't trust him. Again, he was such a good worker that this is what I'm talking about. It's like. People thought that he was fucking real because in a lot of ways he was. Um, But TNA gave him a shot and he behaved himself and, you know, did a lot of comedy stuff. I know Garrett Kidney tweeted out a lot of his old TNA stuff, the comedy stuff he did with Shark Boy and everything. Um, So that was a whole different side of him. And he did all the ECW reunion shows and all that kind of thing. Um, But, yeah, just totally unique in pro wrestling and the last of the guys that you can really believe in, I think, is what his lasting legacy will be. I can't think of many people since that you can legitimately believe in. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minoru Suzuki, in a weird way, is someone you can like believe in. 
um, but not, but in a different way. It doesn't, you know yeah, there's not, not that insane. sense that I might see a murder, like somebody might die. You know, what I mean? like I could, I could buy that Minoru Suzuki might, you know, lay in a submission a little bit longer, stretchier, kind of stiffy a little bit, but not like. I might see a murder in the middle of this ring. Like if it's this guy just decides to, yeah, if this guy just yeah. decides to, if, if, if you fuck something up slightly, this guy might just say, you know what? And, 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 and literally kill you in the middle of this ring. There was that aura about him. That was just so unique and different. I mean, maybe necro butcher for a little while there, but again, not yeah, the that's, same kind yeah, of energy. I, I'd say that's, that's pretty close. That's actually not too bad. I, I had necro butcher running right at me at a show once where they were brawling outside the ring and I couldn't have got out of the way fast enough. Yeah. Oh, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but it's like, it's not the same kind of energy though. It's just, you know, like that bruiser Brody thing is what new Jack had. And you're I don't ner- know. If- you were, you're nervous when you watch new Jack matches, you still are. Yeah. And that, that's what I noticed this weekend. As I went back and watched it, you're like, you're just nervous for whatever is something's going to happen. Something, you, you know, there's just, and, and, and usually something did like, there was a pretty good, like, and, and a lot of it was work, you know, 90% of the time it was all just work stuff. But yeah, there was always that, that weirdness of, I don't know, like maybe something does kind of change. And, and I want to allude to one thing here. Cause I was talking about how kind of my entry point uh, in, into ECW, my entry point into new Jack. And I remember I, rem- I, I forget the exact match. I forget exactly the moment or whatever. And, and, but one thing I do vividly, vividly remember about, first watching ECW and, and getting it, you know, into ECW was about like early 1998. I forget exactly what time. And I'm just, you know, flipping channel. I, I always said my parents had a, a TV in their upstairs in like our attic. That was like one of those old UHF TVs and you could click around and all that sort of stuff. And that's how I found ECW is because it was airing on some over the air network, some Gary, Indiana channel or whatever that I would not have gotten on my normal cable system. But I just happened to at that moment be up on that TV, flipping around and, 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 and landing on it. And I remember that it, it the, the first person that I saw in ECW was New Jack. And I flipped on and all of a sudden, here is this guy with a shopping cart full of shit, beating the fuck out of somebody, while Natural Born Killers, which I, I love that song at the time, huge fan of Dr. Dre at the time, and of course Dr. Dre and Ice Cube, just an incredible song to this day, still, still an awesome song, and it was even better because that guy, so I'm watching this wrestling show, but it doesn't look and it doesn't feel like a wrestling show. You know what I mean? Like the, I was in the midst of the Attitude Era in WCW, but this was a whole different thing. This, the optics of this, nobody else was in the ring beating the fuck out of each other with a chair and a kendo stick and a guitar and all that sort of shit with a shopping cart full of garbage while a song is blaring loudly, a song that I loved and a really cool song is blaring loudly. And then also the entire fans, the fan base is just going nuts. People are just screaming, jumping up and down, just going absolutely crazy. I mean, it is, it is a, that first time you experience new Jack. And unfortunately, like a lot of people, if you're going to go to the network or Peacock or whatever, you're not going to get that exact experience because you're not going to get natural born killers. So I would definitely recommend if you can go on and on to YouTube and trying to find it. But just the, 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 the audio that I was hearing and the optics of it was so, and it, it, from that point forward, I was like, this is incredible. This is so much different than all these other things. And you get that with a lot with ECW, of course. You know, everybody in ECW had a little bit of a different look and feel in it. But nobody had that had such a dramatic change like New Jack. What New Jack was doing was so it, it felt like a different thing than wrestling. You know, RVD yeah. comes out and yeah, he's doing cool shit and he's using, you know, chairs and stuff. But at the end of the day, he's just kind of in there working. Like, I love RVD, but like, you know what I mean? He's just kind of in there just wrestling. Um, Taz, you know, Taz, an incredible aura and presence or whatever, but he's just going in there and throwing guys on uh, in suplexes or whatever. It's, it's wrestling, but it's just kind of, you know, it, it, it's a different form of wrestling. 
what New Jack was doing was not wrestling. To me, it was just like this totally different thing, and it immediately attracted me because, hey, I already have two hours on Mondays and three hours on Mondays of, of WCW, and I already have all this other stuff, but this... This is appointment television now. This is something I need to watch because it's that much different. And I think that's what always stood out to me about New Jack. It's just the, the, the aesthetics and the optics of a New Jack was so different and so unique that you couldn't help but get your attention as it's happening. As that song's blaring and he's beating people up and the crowd is going nuts. It's just it's a totally different thing. And it, it's, it's hard to replicate that feeling that I had when I watched it that first time. I went, what is this? <laughs> like, it was just insane. It didn't feel like wrestling, and, 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 and that was always an attraction to me for when I started watching ECW from about like early 1998, late 1997, I forget the exact time, through basically the end, and then, you know, it went away. But I watched it until the end, and, and New Jack was a constant throughout all that, and, and, and one of my favorite wrestlers of all time because of that. He got a lot of mileage out of that very simple match structure. I mean, his matches were essentially just him doing a run-in, really. And... You know, and he did the wild stage dives a lot. Like, that was... And that's kind of like when that becomes your thing and you have to keep doing that over and over, you know, that becomes a major problem. And he had serious injuries. You know, the eye, the the, the knees, and everything else. Um, you know, Mustafa never did that shit. You know, he just... he You know, he wasn't jumping off stages and shit. Um, but yeah, just such a unique figure. Um, and in terms of wrestlers that I've seen live, you know, in the absolute pantheon of live wrestling experience is New Jack. I mean, the the list would be very, very short of people who I've seen wrestle live who just uh, were, were a better live experience than New Jack. You know, he's either at, at the top or, or near the top. So, um, yeah, that's, that's New Jack. That's New Jack. Yeah, as far as, like, you know, going back and watching New Jack stuff, I mean, you just kind of go and find stuff you know what i mean there's not really like you go on a cage match you're not going to get a whole list of you know high rated cage match stuff it's just new jack man just i don't know type in new jack and click around and see what you find it's yeah he wrestled in smoky i mean you know that was a whole different thing like um you know and uh they, they would wrestle there they they it was completely different when when they got to ecw and another story lance storm told is is you know jericho you know they worked a program with them on a, on a house show loop or whatever. And Jericho was excited about it because new Jack liked to work stiff and Jericho liked to work stiff. And, you know, that was a, a, a big opportunity to work stiff because all the other teams in smoky, whether it was the rock and roll express or well done who were down there at the time or whoever, they all like to, to work that, that a very different, you know, that easy, uh, what's what Lance storm called that Memphis style, you know, and it was an opportunity. Jericho was very excited to work with New Jack and Mustafa because it was a chance to really lay it in, you know. And and the way Lance described it was like, ah, I was okay with it, but you know, I'd much rather work with Well Done. <laughs> if you're asking me who I'd rather, you know, work with, <laughs> right. you know, I, you know, I'll hit you back, but you know, I'd much rather work with the other guys. But um, but yeah, so he, you know, and that's part of it too. He would lay it in so that he knew that was part of his aura too. Uh, so the the, the Smoky Mountain stuff's a little different. Than, than the ECW stuff, for sure. Uh, the ECW, I, I don't know if New Jack and Mustafa ever made a legal tag in their entire run. <laughs> no, yeah, probably not. Mustafa wasn't holding it's, the tag rope very often. To, right, to, to, right, to begging for the hot tag. Right, right. Yeah, and coming in and cleaning house like a house of fire. Jack, no, Jack, was, Jack, Jack is the crowd, <laughs> you know, hoping that he gets to the corner to, you know. 
Oh, right. Mustafa's in. <laughs> He's a ball of fire. Here we go. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, there was none of that. <laughs> no. But, um, but I don't, did he walls, have, yeah, did he even bounce off the ropes for an ECW? You know what I mean? Like, like did he run the ropes? I yeah. doubt it. I mean, I'm trying I, to think of a time where he actually, he other than to like get more momentum on like a fucking guitar shot or something. I can't imagine he ever, you know, guitar, the guitars and the crutches. He'd kill people with the crutches and then he'd always have the implements to cut you open too. Yeah. You know, and just the, and the stop signs and the tra- the trash bag full of gimmicks and, um, Back when that was novel, too, because then, then you, if you remember, you know, WWF, when they had their hardcore uh, division, like the later years of the hardcore division, it was basically just Al Snow and Steve Blackman and Hardcore Holly just walking down with a shopping cart full of, of you know, gimmicks or the trash can full of gimmicks. And, like, yeah. it always kind of sucked because I was like, oh, man, like that used to be – yeah. that's what made New Jack, you know, this this guy that felt like he wasn't even a wrestler would just walk down to the ring with a shopping cart or a garbage bin full of shit that he was going to hit you with. And it's just like – that was so cool, but then they, they did it on every Monday Night Raw and every SmackDown and every pay per view, and it just kind of like lost Are you its kidding luster. Me? Every every Sunday Night Heat, Raven yeah, would come yeah, out with. I know, bucket. and it it sucks because it's just like, ah oh, man, for a six minute match with Crash Holly or something, and yeah, it just totally, you know, sanitized version of it, you know, but um, yeah, but that yeah, that was that all started with New Jack and just the pro. I mean, he really gets overlooked as one of the top promo guys. It's like we don't even – I'm guilty of it too. Like why don't we bring up New Jack when we're talking about, you know, the greatest promos of all time and, and the greatest promos of that era because he absolutely was. I mean he just – he owned the crowd and he, he knew how to get heat and he could cut a babyface promo too. I mean they weren't drastically different from his heel promos, but he can cut a baby – he cut a ton of babyface promos in ECW. And those heel promos from Smokey were legendary. They're legendary to this day. I mean if you've never seen them, you got to go watch them all right now. You know, so it, the other thing, too, is like what I always thought was really interesting about uh, uh, about New Jack and ECW was pretty good at doing this across the board for, for a lot of guys. But New Jack never needed to be in the title picture, never needed to be in main events, never needed to be competing for title. You know, what I mean, no. he lived in his own world and it was fine. Like you, you were perfectly fine with him doing that thing and they did that pretty well with rvd for a long time as well where he was in his own little world and and that, that's always something i really really liked about ecw is that these guys would there were a lot of guys that that just felt like they were in their little realm and that was fine like you didn't need new jack, you didn't want new jack challenging shane douglas for the ecw world title you didn't need yeah. it it didn't matter yeah. you know what i mean like you didn't you just wanted new jack to go out there and do his thing and that that always that was pretty cool that he was one of those stars one of the guys synonymous with ecw and and I can't, did he ever get an ECW? I, I don't, did he ever get a title shot? Ever? Did he ever have a title? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't. I mean, he probably. He probably. Had, I don't know. Like, I'm I trying don't to recall think. one, but I wouldn't bet against him having a title shot at some point, especially in those later years. Um, they were the tag team champions when they came of in. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but you're talking about like a world title shot like, as a singles wrestler, right? I don't think he ever. Uh, I'm gonna look I mean, it up right now. Yeah. It would be in the later. It would be in the purple logo era, if so. Yeah, it looks like so. Um, okay, November to remember he had one. Oh, I was fuck. I was there. I should remember this one against Rhino. Unbelievable. That in 2000, you were but. there. And you don't remember. <laughs> well, come on. It was seven. That was it. Okay, so that's that's. So he had a. Um, oh, it was a TV title. TV title. Sorry, a TV title match against Rhino in 2000. He never, as far as I can tell, never once had. An ECW World Heavyweight title shot. A lot of tag team title shots, obviously, and, and, and titles. And then, oh, one World Heavyweight title at uh, an ECW TV taping in late 1999 against Mike Awesome. He lost. So that's it. There you it. go. Late, late era, like I said. Yeah. So September yeah. of 1999, after being there for, you know, how many years at that point, he finally Literally. gets a shot and he loses in six minutes. And it probably didn't matter at all. 
they came in in 95. So there, he was there a long time. I mean, you know, they came in like probably the summer of 95. Um, right as, right as uh, public enemy were kind of on their way out. Cause public enemy left in 96. So obviously the natural feud that Heyman wanted to do was public enemy and the gangsters. So they came in and immediately feuded with them. I remember they had matches right off the bat in the ECW arena against public enemy, but then public enemy left for WCW and then 96, they, they moved into the feud with the eliminators and they went babyface. That's so they came in as heels and then they were baby faces against, um, uh, the eliminators. And then, um, that feud carried really, probably through all of 96 yeah i think it it went pretty late until i i know if i remember correctly that saturn when he went to wcw chronos teamed with new jack for a little bit yeah yeah yes and that was like mid 1997 yeah that would yeah that wouldn't have been in 96 no that was yeah that was like late 1997 because saturn left in i forget middle of 97 or something like that probably around that time yeah probably around that time um and that was because they split New Jack and Mustafa too at one point. But I don't know if that came later. Um, but anyway, yeah. So they were he was a babyface for, for most of the run. I mean, he teamed with Cronus and they were the gangstinators. <laughs> Remember that? Oh, yeah. And then they may have won the tag team titles. They did. Yeah, they, they did. They yeah. did for sure. Yeah. So. And Cronus, of course, is dead. So. Oh, right. Yeah, I always forget. He died many years ago. Mm-hmm. And Saturn, who knows? Yeah, could be, uh, could be, yeah, they're, they're, yeah, who knows what the hell that Saturn could be alive. But yeah. Sa- Mustafa Saeed, I mean, he was a job guy. He did jobs on WCW TV. Yeah, you uh, can go back and watch it. You know, go watch 605s on, on, on the, the, the network or Peacock or whatever, and you might stumble into it. You might Saeed. stumble into it like a 1988 Mustafa Jabber match. You're like, what? Yeah. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. I remember when I did, I was like, what? No way. Can't be the same guy. And I'm like, holy shit, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Great look, so just, just not a good wrestler. So it, it was perfect. Yeah. You just watched that New Jack Mustafa match. What year was that? Uh, 99, I believe. This is later. Yeah. yeah. So Mustafa would come and go. You know, that's why he teamed with Cronus um, there for a while. But uh, yeah, Jack was there basically from 95 till the end. I mean, right up to the end, basically. I don't know if he worked like, you know, he worked through 2000. It was the last show, January 2001, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. He was there yeah. till the end, but um, and then from there, you know, just bouncing around the fucking indies and the short TNA stay, and you know, people were afraid to hire him. He was almost too good, you know. He was he was too good of a worker, you know, too much heat in Smoky Mountain, and 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 so scary that people were afraid they couldn't control him and <laughs> couldn't hire him. Yeah. So that kind of sums him up. Crazy. So that uh, that is New Jack. I was as I said. For recommendations, just, I don't know, <laughs> type in New Jack on YouTube and see where it takes you, I guess, is, is probably the best way. Or go on to Peacock in the network, but uh, it's not going to be quite the same, unfortunately, with, uh, without the uh, Natural Born Killers playing there. But uh, also another death that we found out about this weekend, uh, Don Cronoodle. Uh, we don't know what, uh, we, we know he was, you know, uh, what did I say, 71? Yeah, 71. Um, I know very little about him, and I imagine you probably do as well. I mean, the, 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 the only reason I really know of him is the match 
you know, where he teams with Sergeant Slaughter against Jay Youngblood and, and, and Ricky Steamboat, kind of one of the all-time great, you know, early matches in history, one of those kind of matches that you you stumble upon when you're looking up, like, you know, Dave Meltzer five-star matches or, you know, match of the years of, of years past or whatever, and you see this Kernoodle and, and Slaughter versus Youngblood and Steamboat, and you watch it, and it's a steel cage match, and it's 1983, and obviously it's it's it's, it's different, it's unique, but it's it's a whole lot of fun. It's a, it's a really, really fun match. Um, that's about all I know of Don Kernoodle, though. I mean, I obviously... Did stuff with with you know NWA for years and years and years and years. I think his late career stuff. I think he was pretty much done by there the no mid eighties, right? No, there's there's no late career stuff. It was so, like yeah, he did you he, know Mid Atlantic, and then he was kind of just done, right? Yeah, he he was a Mid Atlantic guy for a long time, and and really, uh, hey Georgia too. Um, didn't really get pushed a ton, and then um. He was also one of Sergeant Slaughter's privates, you know, Private Don Cronodal. And then mm-hmm. you also had um, Private Jim Nelson around that time. He he would end up uh, becoming Boris Zukov. And that's how, you know, and then he teamed with Slaughter and had the, the famous feud with Steamboat and Youngblood. And the match you're referencing is a match that everybody um, – should go back and and watch. I mean, that's a that's a must see match if you're if you're a serious pro wrestling. Let me, fan. let me make sure it's still available. Uh, I, it was very readily available last I looked for it, but let me let but, me make sure. Yeah, but yes, yeah, so that was eighty three, and then the mat that match was in eighty three, and that was really the peak of his push. And that feud drew a shit ton of money because if you remember, Mid Atlantic was really a tag team territory for a very long time, and then um, Slaughter left for WWF in eighty three, and Kernodal went with him. I mean, that's the thing. Cronodo went with him, and but they didn't push him. He was doing TV jobs while Slaughter was getting this mega push. Yeah, right, right. So Cronodo went back to Mid-Atlantic, okay, for, you know, by 84. But then the book went from Dory to Dusty, and when the book changed over, Mid Atlantic like completely changed. It stopped being, you know, it was no longer like an you know, tag team tour- territory like it had been for decades. And Dusty had his whole crew, and he pushed different people. The Booker changed, and Cronodal really, I mean, he was around during like that eighty five, eighty six era that everybody goes back and and watches or whatnot. But he really wasn't a pushed commodity at that point. He was around though. Um, they feuded with Ivan Koloff a little bit, and he did some undercard stuff, but he never got another push on the level that he got when he was teaming with Slaughter in 83. And then really by 85 or 86, he was done. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's not much. I mean, you look at his cage match, and pretty much from 86 until recent history, you know, like 2014 and stuff, he's doing reunion shows and stuff like that. But yeah, there's there's you know, 20, 30 year cap where he's just not there. He's just gone. He's, he's, he's checked out. And I think he, he became a policeman, I believe. I think he was during in... the meat of Dusty's booking reign. I mean, he, Cronodal basically became a prelim guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you'd see him on TV. Sometimes he would beat jobbers, but he would never beat anyone who was pushed, you know? So he, um, you know, at least off of my recollection and he never got to the level of, your Magnum TAs or your Dusties or your Ron Garvins or anybody like that. And he had a long-standing feud with Ivan Koloff. Uh, you know, they had teamed for a little bit, and then, you know, then they feuded. Then they, they introduced Rocky Kernodal, who was um, supposed to be his brother. Ah, shit. Who was Rocky Kernodal? He was uh, um, uh, Keith Larson, I think. Can you put – do you have his paper? Uh Yeah, yeah, Keith, Keith Larson. You're correct. 
so they had they introduced Rocky Cronodo, who was actually Keith Larson, who um, you know was just a guy looking for a break and a push. You know, one of those guys from from the Georgia area. I'm sure he was one of those Ole Ole Anderson trainees or something. Um, he didn't last much longer than Cronodo did either. I think Keith Larson slash Rocky Cronodo was done by the same 85, 86, 87-ish. And he, Keith Larson worked a lot of those weird indie offshoots in the Carolinas too, I think, into the maybe the late 80s, early 90s. But that's neither here nor there. But um, yeah, Cronodal's push was basically done um, when he came back from WWF. Um, you know, he was really just a prelim guy. I mean, he's around through probably about 86, but I don't think he made it into 87, 88. And definitely no, no not, definitely not. Definitely didn't. Definitely not into the eighty nine ninety when they sold. So yeah, his last his last televised wrestling match was Starcade eighty six. Nelson Royal and Tim Horner defeat Don Cronodal and Rocky Cronodal. Now see, that's like a, probably an opener or a prelim. Yeah, match, yeah. But I mean, yeah. Nelson Royal and guys like that. <laughs> right, right. That that was his level. Yeah, and, and they lost. They lost that match too. To, to, to put it in context, so yeah, and Royal and Horner were junior heavyweights, and junior heavyweights didn't get pushed at all. I mean, the the NWA junior heavyweight title was always like an opener on those shows, and that was like that was Nelson Royal's lane, you know, guys like him. So yeah, Dusty just didn't push Don Cronodal. I mean, he just didn't see him as a as he just wasn't one of his guys. I mean, he got pushed harder. I mean, he didn't really get pushed before '83. Either. No, he just like, yeah, it was that one moment, that one kind of thing that just every, kind of got bubbled up perfectly. Yeah, yeah, it just everything kind of came together for for that match, and uh, it is it's somewhat available. You might have to do a little bit of digging, a little bit of work, but but you can find it. It's from the uh, uh, Mid Atlantic NWA, the final conflict is the match here: Jay Youngblood and Ricky Steamboat versus Cronoodle and, and and Sergeant Slaughter. Definitely turn away crowd. It drew a, a fucking. Yeah. billion dollars yeah one won a bunch of awards i forget i think it was the observer um, match of the year the pwi match of the year all that sort of stuff so definitely yeah if you're listening to this and and, and you consider yourself a, a pretty serious wrestling fan a match that you should definitely check out it's not going to maybe blow your doors off especially with it being 1983 but understand the context of the time and and uh it's still pretty damn good i i will say that it is it's shocking how good sergeant slaughter is in that match i remember that we talked yeah. about it a few I, we may have gave it to each other during our joe and rich review random wrestling matches or something like that Maybe. as well, but I remember uh, I remember coming away just being so impressed by Sergeant Slaughter. Or no, you know what? I watched it a few years ago when I was trying to decide uh, whether I wanted to vote Slaughter in uh, the Hall of Fame. And and most people think of Sergeant Slaughter as you know Iraqi sympathizer, 1991 Slaughter, or you know whatever. And you see him here, and he's like slender, and he's just bouncing all over the place and throwing drop kicks and bouncing all over. And you're like, holy shit, okay, this guy could work before. So yeah, yeah. So I knew he teamed with Ivan Koloff when he came back. I looked it up. He actually did win the NWA World Tag Team titles with Ivan Koloff mm, in 84. Okay. So in 84, he was still getting a bit of a push. But then once they split and they had their little feud, um, then that was it. Because 85 and 86, he really didn't um, get pushed at that level anymore at all. So um, and, you know, he really – and he feuded with Ivan. Like, you know, once – then Ivan brought in Nikita and you had the Russians and – Cronodal would do a lot of jobs either with Rocky Cronodal or with other partners against the Russians on a lot of the uh, house shows and things like that. Um, but yeah, I don't know what he did after that. I guess he got out of wrestling. Yeah, and then- he did law enforcement, I believe. Um, I, I did see a post that, you know, that whatever department he was in was wishing, you know, their best wishes to, you know, he passed away or whatever. So. Well, the story of his death is fucking morbid as hell. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. If you listen to the Observer Radio and didn't know, it's uh, it hits you pretty quickly. Uh, what uh, what happened? But uh, he unfortunately passed away from suicide. So, um, he went to the doctor, didn't like what he heard, 
presumably, because then he went home and shot himself yeah. when he got home from the doctor. So he obviously, it seems like he got bad news from the doctor and said, well, fuck this. I'm checking out. Um, which is, uh, which is just terrible. Yeah, terrible. So 71 years old, I guess he figured I lived enough life and whatever this doctor told me, I'm not looking forward to that. Yeah. So, uh, that's going to be that. But, um, that's uh, Don Cronodal. There you go. That is New Jack. That is Don Cronodal. So uh, get to our other topics here uh, on the show. But before we do that, we do have to let you know this episode of the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast is sponsored by our friends at MyBookie. And this is a great time to get into MyBookie. you got baseball and basketball. The seasons are long. Up to 400 potential matches a month between ba- baseball and basketball. And you can make each and every one of them matter by having skin in the game with MyBookie. Dot ag whether you're just placing a wager on your favorite team your player or just looking for kicks joe my bookie gives you the best odds and tons of options to make all your favorite sports a hell of a lot more exciting you can bet right now is a great time to get in, in, involved as well you have baseball betting which is obviously always you know going to be there for for quite a few more months right now you're in the midst of the basketball playoffs, the basketball postseason, play-in games you can put some bets on. And I'm just going to tell you right now, I'm not going to give any actual betting advice because I am not I am not a, uh, a better, but I would say this is a very fun season to bet on the basketball playoffs. I mean, obviously you have the play-in game, a lot of one-game playoffs and all that sort of stuff, which is really, really cool. But the parity in this year's NBA is pretty wild. So in some years, you could pretty much lock it in and say, ah, whatever, this team's going to win here and this team's going to win this series. I think there's a lot you could do here. I think there's a lot of teams that could potentially win the entire thing. I think there's a lot of teams that could win their conference. I think there's a lot of teams that are going to surprise people, maybe win series that you don't think of. So it is a great time. This is a great year to bet basketball. Things are very weird. We're still kind of in pseudo, you know, they're in pseudo arenas with not all the way full. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that can happen. So basketball is a great time uh, to bet as well. And you can take advantage of the odds for those playing games, for the playoffs, for the NBA postseason, or hit up the MyBookie Casino. You can get a full-fledged experience where weekly blackjack tournaments show. I know we always talk about MyBookie in terms of sports reference, but they have a casino as well. You can do weekly blackjack tournaments that give you and your friends a crack at prize pools up to $50,000. $50,000 playing blackjack. Every single week. Not bad idea. All right. So you go to mybookie.ag. You sign up now. Use the promo code VOICES. All right. So you're going to go to mybookie.ag. Sign up now and use that promo code VOICES to get your first deposit matched up to $1,000. You need to let them know that we sent you there. So use that promo code VOICES to get the free deposit bonus and start your day off with a win. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with mybookie, mybookie mybookie.ag. There you go. You put any skin in these basketball games? I know you were watching last night, so. Nah, I didn't. Uh, Basketball's tough, but I will say this year I think is going to be an interesting year to, to to bet basketball. I would not usually bet basketball, but but I'm I'm interested this year in a little bit, of, uh, dabbling a little bit in it. So I was looking at some series odds, but um, I didn't I didn't put anything down. No I heavy put, bumper. Uh, beginning of the year, I got Nuggets going to the uh, Western Conference Finals, so I, I got a. I'm making a pretty penny if the the Nuggets get there. So Wait, they got they just have to get to the Western. Conference They have Conference to get Finals? to the, the Western Conference Finals. Yeah, that, that was my better. They, they have to actually maybe they have to get to the NBA Finals. I forget, but but that's fine. I, I'm good with either of those. So it's a win the Western Conference. I think that's the case. You don't so even know what your bet is. Check. Well, I did it many many years. I did it earlier in the year. I who the hell knows anymore. Yeah, but uh, yeah, looking forward to that one. My uh, my Luka Doncic MVP uh, one did not. Uh, I don't think that one's gonna. I don't think that now, would work, Joe. <laughs> I don't think he's winning this MVP. So you picked the wrong awkward moving sixteen. I know, I know, I know. I did. I love Jokic. Yeah, I love Jokic too. So I should have just done that, but uh, I didn't. Yeah, so. it's all right. You got baseball. You got a bunch of other stuff. So I have the results of. We have breaking news. Yes, go ahead. 
I have the results of the round one of the MLW draft. Oh, wow. Okay, go ahead. You ready? Yes. Oh, sorry. I said promo code voices earlier. It's actually promo code VOW. Sorry. <laughs> do you want me to do the reading all over again? My bookie, but Well, we got a lot of ads here. We're they a popular podcast. I get it. MyBookie.ag, promo code VOW. Promo code VOW to get that. You know what? Try both. Maybe both will work. I don't know. <laughs> There's a good chance both would work. So Definitely uh, don't try both. Do VOW. I guess. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe voices someone might work else too. has the other code. You're right. Yeah, fuck those guys. MyBookie.ag, promo code VOW. Get that yes. deposit bonus up to $1,000. Okay, go ahead. MLW Draft. The, yeah. They're not going to hear the ad read anyway. They don't know what's going on. <laughs> um, speaking of pulling back the curtain. Um, MLW Draft. Round one is complete. Davey Richards has been drafted. Look at MLW. that. There you go. That's the whole draft, by the way. That's the whole round one. Now, was there what... a player pool? Like, did he? Does he know about this, or, or what's going on here? You know? I don't know. I feel like it's just... Is Every this like day. those old school, like, you know, cause MLB draft would, you know, and it would it'd be 900 rounds or whatever, like, you know, Carl Lewis would get drafted or, whatever, or the NBA draft. It would be like, you know, 1800 rounds and like Carl Lewis would get drafted and a bunch of guys that were like, no, I'm not going to play in the NBA. Get out of here. Publicity stunts. Yeah, right, right, right. No, this is uh, not even a draft. They're calling it a draft. I think it's just a YouTube video every day with a new roster guy announced. But um, allegedly... It's the board of fucking bookers or whatever they're calling it. It's El Jefe from Lucha Underground and the Dragon Gate guy and um, uh, the dude from RevPro, Andy Quilden. And, ML, and like allegedly they're all drafting guys they're into all the sitting company. at the war room deciding, right. oh, man, do I get Mil Mortis or not? <laughs> it's but it's like you don't get them like the company gets. Them. It's we. I don't know. They're just calling it a draft, but it's really not a draft. Anyway. Davey Richards is the first guy. So there you, there you go. go. Davey, Davey Richards. Richards. MLW. That's a, that's a spot that we we predicted. That's a great landing spot for one Davey Richards. So I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Court is the problematic wrestler whisperer. Yeah. Anyone, oh, yeah, yeah. If anyone could get Davey on the straight path, then it's got to be Court. Somehow he does it with low key. He does it with all these guys. I so. saw dude, I saw an event. I went there live to that one MLW show in Chicago, and we went there early. They let us in early. I saw Corp Hour, Teddy Hart, and Loki talking to each other. And then I saw Loki and Teddy Hart instructing young wrestlers, like, "All right, guys, get in the ring. Like, let's let's you know, let's try some stuff out. Let's you know, clean this thing up. You know, get this." And I was just like, "Oh my god, they're like the most professional people you've yeah. ever seen in your life." Incredible. Like Loki's like, "Come on, guys, pick up this paper. You know, come on, guys, pick up the paper. We got you know, there was like cups all over the place. He's like, yeah, you got to do it proper." Yeah, he's yeah. like, "God damn, we have people coming in in a few minutes. Pick up these papers. Come on, let's go." <laughs> like you yeah. know, he's like telling these kids to like clean up after themselves. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes, sir. Yes, Mister Key. You know, it's just like, oh my Mr. god, Key. like Mister yeah. Key. Like and then, like, anywhere else he goes, it's like, you know, he's fucking kicked out kicking and screaming, and he's never going to work there ever again. And here he's, you know, got a polo shirt on. He's telling guys to, you know, clean up the, the, the arena. It was, it was incredible. Core power. So, good spot for Davey. Um, yeah, they announced some names for the arena show, too, but just guys that are already on the roster. Yeah, so. There you go. Uh, Satoshi Kojima coming to TNA. I saw that. Yeah, Impact Wrestling. Satoshi Kojima. TNA is dead, Joe. Impact did wrestling. I say TNA? You did say TNA. Wow. You well, I still say San Diego Chargers. So. <laughs> well, that that's fair. I'm never going to call them the Los Angeles Chargers. That's stupid. I say San Diego every time I say the name of the Chargers. I, it, it's going to be probably 2035 before you call them the Las Vegas Raiders, right? Yeah, I fucked that one. You up probably still call them the Los Angeles Raiders, to be honest. You know what I mean? Like, um, Anaheim Angels. Don't, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
you know, it's just the first instinct, you know. Um, but yeah, Satoshi Kojima, I don't know what he's going to do. And I guess... Uh, he's going to throw some fucking lariats. That's what he's going to do. He's going to take some heads off. What are you talking about? Yeah, well, what always. What's he going to do? Take his fucking heads off. I guess Mike Johnson made it official too. Don Callis no longer in power. Yeah, interesting. Interesting little wrinkle there. We do not know anything else. I'm very curious. I mean, that might be a topic for next week as we kind of find out and learn a little bit more uh, about the Callis thing. But yeah, there was little rumblings this weekend that he was out as far as power structure of, of impact. And yeah, that's 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 pretty big. That's I think it's pretty simple what's going on. He wants to go to fucking AEW. Yeah. I mean, it, he wants to be there full are you, time. Are you saying Don Callis parlayed this relationship into getting him a better gig? I mean, of course. What? That's exactly what <laughs> I'm saying. Me? That's exactly what I'm saying, Rich. I mean, why would he want to remain an impact when he can, you know, he, he's now got an in. I mean, as long as Kenny's there, you know, Kenny's going to want him around. And to be honest, he's doing a great job. I mean... He cuts great promos. He has added to the act. Why would you not want Don Callis on screen if you're AEW, right? I mean, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. As 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 a manager, just a barker. Yeah, he's incredible. He's awesome. You know, so I mean, that's obviously his play here. So he's just an on-screen character at this point for Impact until I guess that storyline plays itself out, and then he'll just presumably be part of AEW and I'll try I'm sure he'll try to work his way into some kind of office position you know so um that's what's going on with that what else yeah, we it's, got? It's, it's it's fun because Callis for so many years and that was always the thing is like people didn't know where Don Callis was he was out of wrestling he was out of the game you know what I mean after you know doing so much and bouncing around in the 90s and being you know um, you know, Cyrus the virus and the jackal and stuff. And then he just went yeah. away. He like went to college and got like an office job and got just worked normal jobs or whatever. And then I remember, I think he did the podcast with, with storm him and storm did those podcasts for a little bit. And then he kind of dabbled in you know, with new Japan. And then he's just fucking, he's in again. You know I mean? <laughs> now he's just as carny as they come, you know, just bouncing between positions, leverage, just working. I, I love it. You, you can, you can try to get out of it, but yeah, it's, it's once you get back in, it pulls you right back in, baby. You're, you're, you're a worker. Till the end of the time, so yeah. I mean, he 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 can talk. I mean, he was a good announcer for New Japan. He was oh, he's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a good color guy. Um, you know, with uh, Kevin Kelly's the play-by-play and Don Callis is the color guy. That that was a good team. So uh, parlayed that into the gig with with Impact, and now this. So that's obviously his next move, and uh, you know, we see where that goes. All right, other news to get to. This one we'll uh, try to unpack here. There's a lot of things to unpack, a lot of news and notes, but uh, this one came as a pretty big shock this uh, this afternoon or this morning. It was announced uh, from New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, that Will Ospreay was vacating the IWGP World Heavyweight title and that he will miss significant time with a neck injury. Uh, he will not be participating in the next series of events and will return to the United Kingdom for rehab. Uh, New Japan's plan, they're obviously going to come back on May 22nd, but uh, they will not have an IWGP World Heavyweight Champion that is vacated right now. We have no idea what they're going to do for that. We have no idea what, the, you know, if G1's going to determine the champion, if they're going to do a little mini tournament, if they're just going to get it. We have no clue right now. We'll, we'll probably find that out pretty shortly, but uh, as of right now, as of this recording, Will Ospreay has vacated the title. Uh, he is going to miss time, and the report is that it is a neck injury, but uh, Joe, what, what do we know about this Will Ospreay uh, situation here. I mean, that un, un, <laughs> we 100% know that he vacated the title. At the end of the day, that we do know that is 100% truth. Uh, the rest of the stuff, wrestling's wrestling, Joe. 
It's a very interesting day on the uh, the DMs this <laughs> today with, with wrestling. When I said wrestling, the part that I love about wrestling is how scummy and sleazy and weird, and it's just it's all a bunch of professional liars lying to one another, and you just got to figure out who's telling the truth at some point, and uh, it is very very difficult to find out who is telling the truth. So yeah, what what do we know about this will thing, and 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 uh, what do we want to talk about here? I guess I should say <laughs> with that as well. So, um, we'll see how much of this survives the on-demand version of this show. But I guess the live listeners will see. how I don't even know how to approach this. Okay, here's what we know for certain. We can say with absolute certainty that there are wrestlers, Japanese wrestlers in New Japan who believe Willow Spray has an injured neck and is going to be out for the remainder of the year, and is going to back home to the UK to rehab his injured neck. Is that fair to say? There are Japanese yes. wrestlers yes. who believe that. Yes, that that is that that. Yeah, this is us relaying what we know. But yes, exactly. Yeah. What, what there, we are, know. there are there are Japanese wrestlers who believe, right. and are telling people that Willow Spray has an injured neck, and they think he's going to be out. Definitely through to G1, maybe through the whole year. This is what the Japanese wrestlers are telling people. Um, there is a cloud of doubt around some of that. There are a lot of things allegedly happening in New Japan. And honestly, this is all coming together so fast and we're getting told so many different things from, from all from credible people. Not telephone game, dark Twitter shit. Yeah, and and people. that's that's I, I kind of pulled and, the curtain back a little bit just to let you know what what you know we had we had a lot of reports from earlier in the day that that kind of co-signed what New Japan said and the neck injury and all that sort of stuff, and we were ready to start the show with with that you know yeah. going with that you know that was a reliable source that told us it it, it fit with you know what other people were saying about. Uh, Will, what was being reported with Will, and we're like, all right, there we go. Literally, I don't know, 10 minutes before we start recording, we get a nuke just dropped on us yeah. that says everything you you know about the Will situation is wrong and it's not the truth. And it's like, oh, dear God, okay. And it was a little, it was a source that at least I think we had to at least double check on it. And then we went to a person that we do trust a little bit more. Uh, and they kind of confirmed that there was smoke to that fire or that this nuke, you know, was a thing. So now it's like, ah, oh, dude, we have we have reliable sources playing tug of war. One says this. The other says this. And we're here in the middle going, I don't know. <laughs> they're both, you know, they're both pretty accurate a lot of times. And I don't even Everyone's know. Everyone's working like, everybody. I don't know. It's wrestling, man. Who fucking knows? I don't know. It, it's there's something going on. Um, there are people convinced that he's not injured. And I'm not. And again, not dark Twitter telephone game shit. Like there's real people mm -hmm. in the business who are convinced he's not injured, but wrestling's so weird because, you know, people inside wrestling are predisposed to think that everything is a work. Um, I, I can't say this on air, but rich, you are privy to a situation just earlier this week where it's like, no, I, I know, <laughs> The reality, I know. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, I know. Don't argue with me. Like, I, I know. But people inside wrestling, just they're just predisposed to everything ha is a work because everyone's always working. Right. So it could be a situation where I don't think these Japanese wrestlers think that are, are, are in on any kind of work. 
they think the guy is hurt because that's what they've been told. Right. The company maybe sent an email or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. We're not saying that they're, you know, that they're the people that I think are probably lying the least. You, you yes. know what I mean? Like the, the re- a lot of times wrestlers, a lot of people think that wrestlers are just sitting back and conniving. Oh, what we're going to do is ha ha ha. A lot of times they hear something and they go, okay, all right. The, the company says, Hey, here's the situation. And they go, okay. And that's their line. And that's what they know, you, you know, or especially in, in, in Japan where you do have that relationship between, you know, Japanese wrestlers and, 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 and foreign wrestlers and that sort of stuff. But yeah, I trust that the Japanese wrestlers in New Japan Pro Wrestling, they know what they know, which is probably what New Japan told them. And they're, you know, have no reason to believe that that's a lie or whatever, whether it is or not. You, you know, like that, that's yeah. So I, I trust that they're not like sitting there going, ah, ha, ha, you know, I'm going to work these guys. Like, I don't think that's it at all. I think they, they know what they know and they relay what they know. So look, here's here's what here's the only thing we could say. And here's how I'm going to approach this. Reddit is going to make a thread tomorrow and say that we're starting fake rumors. And everything. I don't care what Reddit does. Okay. The bottom line is there's stuff going on there. And um, I, don't, I don't even, I don't even know how to phrase it. Cause I, I'm, I don't want to, I don't want to report what at this point are unverified rumors. I don't want to do that because this is the thing we run into all the time where we're too big to be small, and too small to be big. And if we say what we've heard, it's going to be on Reddit tomorrow and people are going to say that we're doing the clickbait thing and, and all this and that. And I know our listeners know better and I, I shouldn't really concern myself with that stuff. You know what I mean? Because I really should only be worried about our listeners and our audience. And they, they, they know our credibility and they know that we don't make things up just to um, you know, grab attention or whatever, uh, get a couple extra downloads. But uh, there's seemingly a ton of drama going on in that company right now. Is that fair enough to say? Yeah, I think that's it, that's that's it, what we can definitely is, and whether is, or not the Will Ospreay injury is tied into that or not is the question. Right, there, we weren't given specifics. Yeah, yeah, I think so because I kind of said, "Hey, is is this Will thing related to this thing?" And the thing that I got back was, "Eh, you know, kinda." And it's like, okay, all right. So it's it's like I don't know if it's one and one. You know, I don't know if it's one and one that it, that it is. The thing, you know, there, there's, yeah, it's a lot of weirdness going on, and I, I don't know if it's completely just a, 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 you know, just happens to come at the same time, or if one relates to the other. We have no idea right now. As of right now, we have no clue. We hear, we're, there, we're hearing a bunch of stuff, and how look, it relates. We're trying to figure that out right now. We're putting that, we're trying to put that puzzle together, uh, and it, it, I don't know if it's going to go anywhere today. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think that. I, I don't, I don't know if the, I don't know if the Will Ospreay injury being legit or not is tied into. There's massive. Uh, there seems to be a lot of drama in the company right now, and um, the Willow Spray may or not be a, a part of that, but there are definitely wrestlers in the company who believe that he's injured, and there are definitely people in the business who do not believe he's injured. Yep. That, I think that's the best way to put that's it. That's the best way to put it, yeah. There are sure. definitely people within the business who do not believe he's injured and have good reason to believe he's not injured and are pretty convinced <laughs> that he isn't injured. Um yeah, because when we pushed back about that, it was like, no, I'm telling you, that's not the case. And it's like, all right, all right. I mean, there, there was a lot of conviction in what we were told, you know, that was the opposite. We So what about, and they, no, I'm telling you, it's happening. So, yeah, that, that's that's what's definitely weird, because earlier in the day, it was, here's definitely the injury, and here's definitely when it happened, and yada, yada, yada. And then on the other side, it's another person telling us very vividly, you know, no, everything you're hearing is a lie, and I'm telling you that's a lie. So it's like, all right, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Rich and I don't know. Both these people have a uh, lot of conviction and and no reason really to lie about it. So I don't know. It's it's a cla- We're in a a classic pro wrestling conundrum right now. Of of I don't know. I have no clue. 
two very yeah. reliable, you know, two or three very reliable people are all pulling in different directions. And, and that makes it very, very difficult. A lot of different people saying opposite things. I mean, who's more reliable than people in the locker room, but at the same time, who knows if they're being worked and who knows if they aren't just, you know, they're getting the same public story we're getting. It's like Rich says, it's not like they all sit down and have meetings every day and discuss all these sorts of things. Um, Especially you know, now, especially so, now during the you know the era of COVID, COVID especially in this week, no you know, show. with New Japan, it's just probably like but, you know these guys don't. Uh, hey, when are we coming to work again? All right, this day, okay. You know, it's not like they're in there, you know, on the bus. You know, things can pass around the bus, and 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 yeah, then I would maybe assume that there'd be some sort of work or you know potential. But no, it's like these guys are just at home, you know, waiting to get their call back. So it's it's weird that the injury seemingly came out of nowhere. That part's weird, mm-hmm. but at the same time, um, the day of the match. Dave Meltzer did report, and he talked to Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay told him that he hurt himself on a flying move, which we later found out was a shooting star press. So it's not like the injury came completely out of left field. He said he got knocked loopy by the shooting star press. Then we didn't hear anything for a long time, and everything was just moving along as usual, um, waiting around for you know the COVID stuff to clear up so they could run shows again. And then this kind of comes out of nowhere where he's injured to the point where he can't wrestle and he's got to vacate the title and go back to England. Right. And that, now, and that is possible. Like, that's the other thing, too. Possible. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's it's weird, but it's it's 100% possible that a guy could say, yeah, my fucking neck hurts, but ah, it's all right. It's whatever. It's it's these guys bump for a living. You know, what I mean, these guys are all in tremendous pain every single day they wake up. But maybe, you know, he got it checked out and the doctor came back and said, oh, boy, you like X, you know, you have X. Like, I don't know if you know, but you I mean, th- these are wrestlers. They live in pain. They had we no just, idea. We yeah. just saw that with Ricky Starks. <laughs> right, exactly. He got hurt against Hangman Page and didn't, and just thought he had discomfort. And then a couple weeks later, when they when he gets checked out, oh, you have a fractured neck. So it's plausible that this did just sneak up and become a thing. That's entirely plausible. Absolutely. I don't know what is going on. I mean, it's, it's you're getting told two different things. So, um. There's a lot of weirdness going on right now in the company. Um, allegedly, a lot of people are upset. And, um, you know, to the point it's like close to a mutiny. So I, I don't know. Is the Willow Spray thing part of that? Is it not part of that? One side says yes. I, I don't know, though. Yeah. You know, it, it just all got thrown at us 10 minutes before we slapped record. So, and it seems like you know we tried to kind of keep going and keep going, and everybody kind of slowed down on it. So it's fine. I mean, we had to record now. We can't really be you know doing that uh, as well. But yeah, that's that. So that's what we know right now is we don't know anything. I guess is our official stance is we thought we knew, and then we don't know. And now it I don't know. It could be way know. more than meets the eye to it. Right. So. It could be just a, a a little bit of the iceberg coming up pretty soon. So I who knows? Who fucking yeah. knows right now? But all we know is that Will is not the champion anymore. There is no IWGB World Heavyweight Champion, and and that's what we know for sure. And now we could discuss that because that is huge. That's a huge loss for New Japan. Yeah. Oh, huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was carrying that company on his back. I mean, let, let's just be honest. I mean, we've been on here saying it. You take the empire away, and New Japan has nothing going on. I mean, they barely have anything going on as it is. The empire and Will, and Will Ospreay specifically were the only interesting things happening in that company. Uh, he just had this match of the year match with Shingo. Um, you know, and was in the midst of what looked like was going to be a very good title run. Was in the midst of what looked like was going to be a wrestler of the year caliber year. Um, so this is a huge loss for New Japan. They feel completely rudderless at this point. Uh, no one has any idea what direction they're going to go to fill this title. They've got Hiromu out with an injury. 
They've got Will Ospreay out with either an injury or some kind of other weirdness that's going on. Uh, they have a very limited roster to begin with because of COVID travel restrictions. They have at least seven people on the roster, maybe as many as nine, who have tested positive for COVID uh, since they last run a show. And they were already super thin. And, I mean, you just look at those last two, those Dantaku shows. What would they have been without that Osprey shingle match? I mean, just junk. Just all junk. You know? So it's like this is a huge devastating loss for the company i i you know i don't i don't know what they do i i I, you know it's it's they have to slap together some last minute plans it seems like the plan was for willow spray to lose to okada in the dome my personal belief is that tetsuya naito would then win the g1 they do okada naito again they run that back at wrestle kingdom because that's still the biggest match they have i think okada gets his win back there and beats naito to retain and then I feel like the long-term plan would have had would have been for Osprey to then beat Okada to get his title back, and then somewhere down the line pull the trigger on Shingo beating Will Osprey for the belt. To me, that I feel like was the long-term year and a half, two-year plan mm-hmm. because you when you just look at Gato's booking patterns, that's how he books things. Will Osprey keeps beating Shingo. Well, Shingo's going to beat Will Osprey at some point, probably for that title. This was the beginning. These, this is the very beginning of Shingo's main event push. He'll disappear down the card for a little while. And then when Willow Spray gets the title back, then Shingo beat. Them. Like, this is the setup for that. This is how they book. You know? And I feel like everyone could see Okada and Naito coming at the dome. Like, <laughs> that's a pretty easy one to figure. And Okada yeah, would win that. Sure. And, and, and Okada's the, the person who Willow Spray would naturally win the title back from because Okada's the one who took it from him. If you've studied Gato's booking, that all seems to make sense to me. But they keep having wrenches thrown in the plan. This is the second COVID shutdown they're in the midst of. Now they have to strip this guy of the title because he's injured or he's not injured or whatever the fuck is going on with him. Okay? So now you have to figure out another contingency plan. Okay, how well, do we get the No matter what the scenario now? is, uh, not to interrupt you, no matter what the scenario is, it's not good. He's either injured, and that's terrible. <laughs> if he's injured, it's seriously injured with a neck. Or... Yeah. There's some heat, or he walked out, or he got, you know what I mean? There's there's some drama, and that's not good. Like, you know, short of a family emergency, that's not good. And I don't think they stripped this guy for a family emergency. You know what I mean? So there's something. No, there would be no cloud of secrecy. Right. There's a weird cloud of secrecy no matter what the situation is, whether it's an injury or or this, and neither scenario is good. So yeah. Both are bad. All is, yeah. (laughs) The only conclusion is it's bad. Yeah. And, um, you know, they've just had a rough go ever since they came back from COVID the first time. With just weird shit. I mean, everyone seems to be lukewarm on the, the title merge deal. And Abushi's title reign wasn't very good. And now all of their plans are thrown off again. I, you know, this is a big blow to me personally and my interest in the company. I mean, the only thing holding my interest in the company was Will Ospreay's championship title run. Because uh, I felt like it was going to be great. And it got off to a great start with both the title win and then the legendary match against Shingo, which is, to me, an all-time great world title match. Well, and you've I, been saying I, it for a while, too. The only interest, I mean, imagine this company without, without Will and without right. the now, Empire. Now, now you and don't have like, to imagine. Yeah. Open your eyes. Yeah. There we go. I've said that a million times on this show. Like, the, he's carrying the company. And the, the match against Okada, I'm sure, was going to be another incredible match. Now, you remove him from the equation. I mean, what do you do? You've had Okada on ice. You've had Naito on ice. These guys are doing nothing. You know, they haven't been heated up at all. I guess Okada to an extent because Osprey challenged them. 
right? But a lot of people thought that was weak because Okada didn't really do anything to earn it. Osprey challenged him and called him yeah, out. Yeah, he just kind of walked out and said, hey, all right. <laughs> I don't have a problem yeah. with because call-outs to me are fine. Yeah, it's yeah, good yeah, pro wrestling. for sure. But a lot of people don't like just the call-outs. They like a challenger to earn it, right? And in a lot of people's eyes, Okada hasn't earned it. Naito, just on ice. They're not doing anything with Tetsuya Naito. You know, he got his win back against Okan on the last tour, and he's basically just been working tags. And Jay White, you talk about it every week. He's just in the mud doing nothing. I mean, the same old, same old with Jay White. It's just the same fucking tired old shit. And, you know, they put the fucking never title on him. So there's a lot of conjecture out there. Tanahashi to save the day, which sounds great on paper. The problem is if they belt up Tanahashi, everyone's going to know it's a Band-Aid, and it's going to look bad because we've all been taught as, as New Japan fans that we've moved on from Tanahashi. Like, we've been told that. He was never winning that title again. And if you go back to him, it's going to look like it's going to be a bad look, in my opinion, because it feels like you're going back in time. And it's, it would feel like a panic move. It'll feel like, oh, well, we have to do this because we're in complete disarray and, and everything keeps falling apart and nothing's working. So let's just go back to Tanahashi. I mean, that just reeks of the kind of shit that Noah used to do. You know, with Masawa. Or is doing right now. Yeah, that WWE, you know, that's what that would reek of. And I like Tanahashi. I love Tanahashi. But that's such a backwards move at this point. Yeah, that last reign that he had, and that that one even felt like it was even a little bit. But that was fine. They they told a really good story. The last reign that he had before he dropped it to Omega, that that was a great conclusion to the... Tanahashi is a title challenger thing. And and yeah, given what they've done with him over the last two years, like you said, it would it would it would feel like they're just saying, We have nobody, we have to go back to old reliable, you know, Tanahashi right now. And that and that's not good. You don't want that. Yeah. So look, I, I don't know what they're gonna do. I don't even have any feel for it. Do you just do some kind of decision match with Okada and whoever the fuck just to get to your original plan of getting it to Okada. And remember, that's just us presuming Okada was going to beat us. Yeah, yeah, now, right, right. If right. you follow Gato's booking patterns, it, it, it was, you know, I think everyone would agree that Okada was probably winning that match. Right, or if and, not, he was going to win the G1 and kind of work his way up through there. So some, I, I mean, so I don't even know. I mean, if, if the plan wasn't even to beat Osprey, they're really fucked. Because, you know, at least if the plan was for Okada to win, you can pretty you could fix that pretty easily. Right, it's Okada versus X, and X can be Okan or so. You know what I mean? Like, you could figure out something, you know, whatever. And then when Osprey does come back, you know, then his story, instead of, I want the guy who keeps beating me, uh, you know, chase the guy who get, his story then becomes I never lost the belt. That's an easy one. That one writes itself. Oh, I never got beat for this title. Yeah, Okada. So I'm con- so you really. It's really not even that. If the plan was to get it to was if the plan was for Okada to beat Osprey, they're not that fucked in the sense that they could just they can get the title to Okada pretty easily and keep the long term Okada Osprey story alive. The problem is if Osprey like doesn't come back, like everything is thrown into uh complete disarray but um or is out for a super long period of time if right right if he's out till the end of the year or, or into next year then it's like year, yeah, just rip up all the pages yeah rip all the pages up because it's over so you know so it's it's this was a company that already was um uh you know perilously hanging on to uh the interest of of uh, fans in the West and whatnot due to poor booking or whether you hate Willow spray or whether for a myriad of reasons that we've talked about a million times and now it just feels like a completely rudderless company and i gotta be honest my interest level in it at this point is is as close to zero as it's ever been it's pretty minimal I mean, yeah it, it, it's definitely minimal and, that, and that's why check cards because i'm just not interested i mean 
Am I interested in watching Jay White have 35-minute never matches where, you know, he's putting me to sleep? I'm <laughs> Joe, not. I am not. I was going to say, I don't know if you are, but I am definitely not. So, You know, a, a world title scene, which has been a complete joke since they've come back from COVID the first time, you know, with the evil stuff, which was, you know, wasn't my cup of tea. I'll just leave it at that. We don't need to relitigate that. But at minimum, it wasn't my cup of tea with fucking Dick Togo every every 20 seconds. And then, uh, you know, the Abushi reign, which just didn't fucking work out because it just stunk. Uh, with the combined title and all of that. And now this guy gets hurt one match into his title reign. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an absolute disaster. It's a disaster. You know, and, and just it's questionable booking decisions. Terrible undercards. The undercards are atrocious. The King of Darkness match. This King of Pro Wrestling. But they have nothing else to turn to. The ladder match. The fucking all the shit. They're, they're, the roster is fucking dilapidated. There's nothing to turn to. So I get it. But it doesn't mean it's good. It's just not an interesting company right now. The only interest level I have in the company is is the fucking drama surrounding it and what the fuck are they going to do with the 12 active wrestlers that they have? It's a mess. It's a mess. Yeah, and, you, you look at some of these cards too, the, the upcoming cards this week, and it's just, I mean, they're fine, you know, whatever, they're okay. They did the most they could, but yeah, it is like, like you said, it is just, it's decimated. The roster is absolutely decimated and rudderless is a great term. It's just, it, they're, they're, I don't know. It, it, there's like you said, the interest is going to be how do they steer this ship in the right direction? How do they kind of clean up all this mess? You know, b- b- both the mess that they maybe created themselves, the mess of COVID, the mess of all. It is. It's. I have no idea. <laughs> and that I guess is the interest in it. And yeah, I, to me, like I, I think the scenario that I would probably do, given you know the time period that we have, is. I mean, maybe do the G one for the title, but do they want to have a not have a title for that long? Like. You know, or do they I mean, have somebody I mean, win it in the meantime, and then the G one, you know, goes back to being for the spot? Or you know, there's a lot of ways you can go with it, but I, I don't even know the fucking schedule at this point. Yeah, I mean, with all the cancellations and everything else, um, well, it's hard to plan ahead. I mean, like, yeah, you, you, there's just no planning ahead right now in the company, and, and nor should you because it's like you, you don't know what's down the pike, you don't know what's going to happen. Can you, know, you can you half fill buildings with Jay White never matches on top in the meantime? Yeah, probably. Will he even be there? I mean, that's another question. Yeah. Everything's up. And I mean, it's just craziness, you know, and it's like you can hold out until the G1. And then I think if you do the G1 for the title, that's a really cool idea. But the problem, again, is that throws off all your booking, because no matter whether it was Osprey or Okada, who was going to win in the dome, obviously you're you're you have to rip up your previous plan for the G1 winner if you're using that to crown the champion. Yeah. So everything is just thrown off from there as well. So. It's just all a big mess, and yeah. and, 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 and they kind of alluded situation. to it too. Uh, you know, and, oh, sorry, you, you were talking about the COVID thing, and I was going to bring that up. Is like, yeah, that has also led to, and and some by fault of New Japan, obviously, potentially, and 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 some by just fault of nobody knows what the hell's going on with this COVID situation, especially in Japan. But like, you know, Dave alluded to it a little bit, and I think there was some other reports. I think Fit Finley on on some podcast uh, came out and talked about, you know, the the New Japan said, okay, you know, the Gaijin wrestlers can can go home or whatever and they said oh no sorry guys we need you on may 22nd and these guys are like well i can't go home and then also come back for the 22nd because i need to quarantine and that that there was you know miscommunication between the office and the and those wrestlers and it's just like it's all just yeah it's just a mess it's just a giant mess both there's, there's a lot of unhappiness yeah it's that. just nobody's yeah there's a lot of unhappiness yeah. so how that ties in to the title and everything i don't yeah. I, who knows that i don't know but i mean um because i i don't want to get accused of reporting rumors but um, you know what a what a fucking train wreck it all is, and um, you know I I, I feel like 
take the, the conversation in a slightly different direction, and I want to pose a question to you. Is it fair to say that no company has been hurt more by COVID than New Japan? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it is unquestioned. It's, they're number one with a bullet. Yeah, by, I mean, by, it's not even close. <laughs> not even a, a, not, nobody it's, else even in the conversation, really, to me. I mean, they've got holes to dig out of, and I mean, with, with, with their full complement of a roster, if COVID were magically cleared tomorrow and everybody in Japan was magically vaccinated and COVID just disappeared into the air and the globe went back to normal. Do I think that new Japan with their roster and the way that they do things could get it back? I do, but I also think they have been, they have been decimated by COVID through both things that aren't their fault and just poor booking decisions and everything else more than any other company. Yeah, they've, they've kind of just like weirdly, and I mentioned a few, maybe a month or so ago, they just like got weird. They just, you know, lost their minds a little bit. They had, they had such a, uh, they were in just such lockstep for so long. And, and yeah, I mean, you could date it back a little bit to, you know, the double dome thing that kind of threw things for a loop and they got kind of weird about that. And, and, you know, we were on the show and we got a lot of criticism for saying, yeah, this thing, I don't know if I really like this. Like, I don't know if I really enjoy this double dome thing, but for whatever it was worth, it was for that one moment. It was for Knights to hold those titles. It's fine. Like, I get it. I understand what the point of that was, but like, like COVID came and it just, I mean, they have just not been able to find any sort of momentum from there. And we've seen other companies, like we said, we talked about it last week. I think it's companies that have excelled in COVID. AEW, I think has done a tremendous job of, like you said, being the COVID MVP. There was a, all Japan pro wrestling. We said has done really, really well and, and, and increased interest in, in some way, shape or form. Noah for a long time throughout 2020 really increased their interest and did some stuff. I think WWE has at least kind of figured it out. There was a long time where they were doing shows in the PC. They were doing shows in front of empty chairs. They've kind of figured out with the Thunderdome and they were able to get things back on track. And a lot of companies have figured it out. Cause it's like, you know, we're a year and a half in, we're two years into this thing. Like people get, it people have kind of understood they've they've seen what's worked they've seen what hasn't worked and through it all like yeah new japan's had some good matches and they've had some good stuff but it has never it's never got back on the tracks you know what i mean it has never felt like it's back you know it never felt like it figured it out aw in the middle of covid just signed their second new television contract and continue to grow this is the second time that they've ripped up a pre that their network ripped up a previous deal to give them a better yeah. one. Can we can we give you more money and more time on our networks? Yes, yes right. we can. <laughs> and this happened during COVID, so they've handled it. They've done fine. WWE had their record revenue year and record profit year during COVID. Uh, Noah's chugging along, doing just fine. Um, Ring of Honor, they've had it pretty hard because they just completely shut down. They decided we're not going to run. They smartly shut down, but then I don't think they quite realized how long it was going to be and then realized, okay, wait, hold on, we can't, like... But, but the thing about that is they had the advantage of being owned by the biggest conglomerate that owns any pro wrestling company in the world. Correct, yeah. So they were able to just completely shut down and say, let's play it safe and not even bother. And they could afford to pay all of their wrestlers through that while being shut down. And they're not getting any television money because they air on their own fucking station. So they're in a unique situation where they were able to shut down, where these other companies weren't able to shut down or they would cease to exist. Um, you know, the, you know, there's been some other companies like Big Japan, I think, was hit real hard. They nearly folded. Yeah, they, they, yeah. They're, they're, they're close. They're a contender because they almost died. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. but from, from the, 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 the perch they were on, like the New Japan fall from COVID, if we were charting this out, put a graph there. If we had uh, Brandon Thurston make a graph for us. Yeah, the, the New Japan, Q, whatever rating you want to say, Q rating, you know, whatever it is, like they, they have certainly fallen more than I, any other company. And, and to me, it's not even close. 
How far just the optics yeah. of everything. Yeah, I mean, it's just they've they've just you know, and and um, you know, the fact that they they were running all of these shows just tells you that they're very desperate to bring in revenue. That's why they're running Cork in four times a week, and you know, running all these shows, even though they're only able to sell two hundred tickets or whatever, and even if they only sell one hundred and fifty tickets to the fourth Cork in show of a week. Where it's all tags, they need that revenue. Right, they're just. Uh, we we were told the official company line is like just the number of people. At the end of the year, they want X number of people, and it doesn't. Yes. It does, if it takes ninety shows to do it, and you know, seventy-seven cork and shows, whatever, we just need X amount of people to come to our shows in this year. Yeah. So we don't care if there's a hundred um, people that come to a cork and show because then a hundred more are going to come tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then a hundred more are going to come the day after that, and and yeah, it is. It's. And I don't really blame New Japan for coming back and trying to exist. I mean, you don't want to go out of business. It's like, but it's been one either self-imposed bad decision after bad break after another. It's not their fault that Hiromu got hurt. It's not their fault if Will Ospreay got hurt. It's not their fault, um, you know, that eventually their luck ran out and, and some of their guys caught COVID. Other companies have had guys that have COVID. Every company in the world that's running is at people yeah. who have caught COVID. You know, and it's not always public, but every company has publicly had guys, you know, all Japan. Zeus had COVID. Dragon Gate has guys right now who had to pull out of King of Gate with COVID. So it's not unique to New Japan. I don't think it's fair to say, oh, well, all their guys are catching. WWE has had dozens of people. WWE has had people catch COVID twice. I mean, so, you know, AEW has had people with COVID. You know, yeah, anyone that's, running, that's not. Yeah, you can't put that that's mark not on Japan's anybody. Fault. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. But again, that's just another bad break. That it just they've had bad luck. They've made bad decisions. It's just um, they've they've there's been some bad booking, and it's just the company that to me at least the optics of it are that they have been that they they look they have handled. I, I don't know how to phrase it, but COVID has been the least kind. Right, the it's, hit, it's hit them the hardest of all. Yeah, yeah it's hit them no the doubt hardest about it. Than, than yeah. any other company really in the. In and the they were rolling world. before COVID. They're rolling before COVID. You know, Naito. Yeah, Swagger walked into Tokyo Dome and sold that shit out. You know, for two straight 70, nights, seventy thousand yeah. tickets. Yeah. Naito, you know, getting off to, a, to his title reign. He's got the he sells out Dominion with Kenta. Right, they're rolling before COVID. Everything's going great, and then everything just fucking felt they shut down. They were the second to last company to come back. They held out. It was them in Ring of Honor. That was it. Everyone else was back. Anyone else that matters was back. And then they came back, and it's just been one fucking shitty thing after another. It really is remarkable. So um, they're in a bad way. Yeah. And and the next week, week and a half or so, uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, could be we'll it could be how. even worse than we're we're, we're putting. Yes, I have no could. idea, no clue. Yeah, it could yeah. be a, an absolute disaster. It could be a mutiny. <laughs> it could be a uh, you know, a major outbreak. It could be so many different things that God, God only knows. Yeah, God only knows. Yeah, but having to shut down again means that they weren't selling any tickets during that period. And I mean, you have to think New Japan World subs are going to start to suffer at some point, just because the shows aren't as good and they're just not. They're going all these long periods of time without running shows. People's patience runs out, so it's a perilous situation. And they're gonna and they're gonna come back as quickly as they can. And that's what you just alluded to. All the gaijins being told, "Oh wait, no, we're gonna run on the twenty second now." And then they're like, "Well, I thought we could go home." 
Right. <laughs> you told us to go home and some of us try to. And some of us are already at the airport. We can't, you know, if we go home, we can't quarantine in the, in the amount of time. Yeah. So we're not going to be on that show. And then, you know, what Dave sort of said on, on The Observer is they essentially said, well, I guess you're not going home then. And, you know, yeah. I'd imagine that'd be a point of contention to say, hey, you can go home and go see your family. Actually, never mind. No, you can't come back. Yeah. Like that's, you know, that sucks. If that's the case, like, again, we're just sort of that's what, what I'm just kind of relaying what, what Dave said. And, and uh, I think what Fit Finley, I forget what podcast he was on. He was on someone's. It was one of those things where it was one of those where somebody mentions the show and you're like, that guy has a show. <laughs> like, does any who listens to that? It was something I forget what it was. You talk about David Finley, not Fit Finley, right? No, it was, it was Fit Finley on someone's oh, Fit show. Finley. It was like it was like JBL's show or something like that. I was like, JBL has a podcast. So remember. wait, 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 hold on. He was relaying stuff from his son. Correct. Okay, okay. I'm I didn't hear it. Not this is the first I'm hearing of it. So yeah, where uh, what, what podcast was he on? Let me find out what uh, what, what show was on. So yeah. But, um, was it sitting ringside with David Penzer? I don't know if it was sitting ringside with David Penzer, but he might stories be. with Briscoe and Bradshaw. That might be it. Never heard of it. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Stories there it is. Yeah. Yeah. Dave Finley. Oh, I saw a screenshot of the three of them on Zoom together. Yeah, so that, that, that must be it. Yeah. So apparently, yeah. Gerald Briscoe and JBL have a podcast. I I didn't know that. And 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 Dave Fit Finley was on it. So Hornswog was yeah. on it this week. If you want to uh, if you want to listen. Oh, it's yeah. only three episodes deep, so they're going to do the, hey, people make money on podcasts these days and do about ten episodes and then realize it's a fucking grind and then quit and never do it again, so. Add them okay. to the pile of, of other wrestler podcasts. Shit's not easy. It sucks. Yeah, not easy. There you go. So that is that, so. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing, you know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You get a display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. 
you can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Excited to see what Reddit has to say about this tomorrow when they misconstrue what we said. And yeah, you can, you know. As long as they get the link right. Voices of Wrestling.com, put the link right, and then uh, yeah, we'll get it. So anyway, let's talk about uh, AEW here. You mentioned them. Uh, second new TV deal for them during COVID. Um, a lot to unpack with this thing. Uh, as well, here's the bullet points that we got from the news report that came out yesterday. Uh, AEW, AEW Dynamite will move to TBS beginning in 2022. Uh, do you want to stop after these? Or do you want me to kind of run these down and we'll kind of give our thoughts overall? Uh, give the gist of it and then we'll talk okay, about so it. Okay, so Dynamite will move to TBS beginning in 2022. Uh, AEW is launching a brand new one-hour show on Fridays called AEW Rampage. Uh, it's going to debut August 13th on TNT, uh, but we'll move to TBS when the other programming does as well as far as is, is it going to stay on Fridays we don't know that but I would assume it would and it would just kind of carry over Dynamite would stay on Wednesdays move to TBS Rampage stay on Fridays and move to TBS uh, beginning in 2022 uh, there will be four new yearly TNT specials though so these are I believe going to stay on TNT uh, four new yearly TNT specials similar to the Clash of the Champions they will be quarterly in between pay-per-views to kind of give them something to build to so essentially what they've been doing with these big major TV shows but instead they'll kind of be branded as as, as specials um uh, Dave Meltzer didn't. I don't know if he gave numbers, but he alluded to that uh, they got more money. Of course, when when you change networks and add a show and do all that sort of stuff, it is definitely understood that you know, you'll you'll get a little bit more money there. And they did. So uh, I, I forget if the numbers got mentioned, but increased uh, compensation. And uh, yeah, at this point, pretty much the conclusion is that Turner is now going to carry AEW Dynamite, four specials, Rampage, as well as the upcoming Cody and Brandy uh, TV show. Uh, and AEW will continue to produce Dark and Dark Elevation. So. Uh, again, a lot to unpack here, but uh, what do you make of this brand new TV deal, channel change, all this sort of stuff going on, new TV show, Clash of the Champions, network television show. I mean, there's a lot, a lot of stuff going on here with AEW. It's all good. I mean, the end of the, at the end of the day, you can come up with any dumb fucking W. Oh, it sounds like thunder. And you can come up with any dumb fucking stupid thing to say. But at the end of the day, Turner said, here's more money and here's another hour on our networks. Thank you. That essentially. So if any analysis that's not Turner is very happy with AEW and just gave them more money in another show. Um, any other analysis besides that is, is, is pretty dumb to be honest. So anyway, go ahead. So, we don't know how much money they're getting. Look, Tony Khan alluded to this on Busted Open several weeks ago when the when the uh, NHL deal was announced. He said, hey, look, we're open to moving, but you got to sit at the table and make a deal with us because we have a contract that states that we're on Wednesday nights on TNT. You want us to be somewhere else? Write a check is basically what he was saying, and they wrote the check. So coming out of this, we don't know how much more they're getting. The only report I could find anywhere was Dave Meltzer saying it was an eight-figure increase. So that could mean $10 million more million per year. It could mean $99 million more million per year. We don't know. All we know is it's a t- an eight-figure annual increase in their TV rights. Um, it's going to be a significant number because uh, they're producing another hour of in-ring content, which, like Rich said, is going to air 
Friday nights at 10, right? 10 Eastern, uh, which, I, yeah, yeah, 10 which Eastern, I love. Yeah. I loved when they did that late night Dynamite special that one week with the uh, with the um, it had a uh, uh, Scorpio Sky versus who's the guy that retired and went to NXT UK? Ben Carter. Oh, Ben Carter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scorpio Sky versus Ben Carter and a couple other matches. That was so cool to have wrestling airing at that time of night. I think that's a perfect time slot for them. It's right after SmackDown, so they have a lead in uh, of wrestling fans built right in. Uh, so, and it'll all air on TBS, which tells you that they. You know, that was part of the negotiation. They wanted them off TNT. There's obviously going to be hockey games all over TNT uh, starting this fall uh, with that deal. So they moved um, AW to the TBS side with the four yearly Clash of the Champion-like specials remaining on TNT, which is another piece of this. So what does this tell us? This tells us that uh, A, Turner not only value values the relationship they value it enough to want more programming from these guys and they were willing to open up the checkbook to get it Uh, and it tells you that this is great news for AEW because now they've got a third hour of content uh four if you count the cody reality show and then uh eight more additional hours of content which i'm presuming those are going to be two hour shows the, the four yearly shows on TNT. So you throw in eight more hours there. What does this mean for AEW? Aside from the short term of getting another eight figure mystery total tacked onto their annual deal, which was already at $45 million a year uh, for the rights fees. Now look at the package they have to shop in 2024. Okay. Now they are a content. They've got the, the, this pile of content and we all know that content is king right now. That's where you make your money. It's not in pay-per-views. It's not in house shows. It's TV content. So now in 2024, when the deal is up with Turner, yeah, hours of content around. too. We should we should mention as well, not just hours you, of correct. I mean that that is what George Barrios would lead almost every WWE conference call off with. We did this year. We this quarter we produced five thousand hours of content. You know what I mean? It, it, it's right. it's it's a badge of honor now to to count up the hours of content you provide to to, to your network partners because that's yeah that's what makes you your money so you know now you've got uh not just one show uh to sell around in 2024 but uh three hours of of weekly programming plus the four specials and um you know it's 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 amazing to me that they started with one television deal which was nothing more than an ad split okay and they've now had their deal torn up twice and restructured and Turner keeps throwing more money at them. And um, yeah, it's nothing but a good sign. And it tells you how happy Turner is with how Dynamite has performed. So um, look, I talk about on the Thursday TV reviews, I always talk about how they feel in the room about the rating that week. Uh, I'll tell you how they feel in the room about this fucking ecstatic. There's no <laughs> other way to feel. Right. I mean, there, what's the downside here? I mean, you move to TBS, it's it's an equal footing as TNT. I think there's a very slight difference in total homes, so I don't think that's going to make a difference. Well, and, that, and that favors TBS if you if you look at those numbers. That 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 slight right. difference in homes actually weirdly, I, which is beyond belief to me, because like every cable package I've ever had, they're just like the same. You know, what I mean, they're they're one number away from each other. Pretty much everywhere I've ever lived, every cable package I've ever had, they're forty nine and fifty for me. You know, they're they're right neck and neck. Um, so yeah, I can't imagine getting TBS and not getting TNT, but yeah, it looks like there's like a million more homes that, but it's a negligible amount. If we're really you'd, you'd be about surprised. It. It's weird because on different cable, uh, systems and whatnot, sometimes they'll put 
TBS and TNT on different tiers, and that's where your difference comes in. Yeah, right, right. You know, so it's it, it, you know it's weird with with cable because all these these cable systems could do whatever they want in terms of tiers and whatnot. But um, you know, so that's really no big deal. And I've heard some people say, well, now they're going to go head to head with themselves with the hockey. Here's the thing, though, that's a Turner problem. Because AEW has been going head-to-head with hockey from the beginning and kicking their ass. They're not right, right. about Right, right. And Turner knows that. And Turner is probably yeah. fine with it, guessing that they're either different. Um, I mean, they know different, that. Like, yes, they're either exactly. different fan bases or they don't care. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, yeah. we don't really care. You know, it's just more people watching our network. So, yeah, that's why you pay the big bucks. Yeah, that Here's was going to happen. Here's the bottom line. What is currently on TBS on Wednesday nights? You don't even know. No now problem. Turner has a rerun of Dynamite. Seinfeld, probably. <laughs> now they're going to have Dynamite and the NHL on their two networks as opposed to dynamite and whatever the fuck was running on TBS. So to them, they're going to own a lot of the 18 to 49, particularly 18 to 49 males on nights like that. So, and, and besides that's not dynamite's problem. Yeah. That, yeah. They're competing with the it's NHL. It's not like Turner's going to look at the numbers and go, Oh my God, what? <laughs> you know, the NHL also, uh, you know, they know they, 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 it's, they know that this is going to happen. So it's not going to catch yeah, well, them by surprise when they look down at a rating and go, Oh, what? Well, from Tony Khan's perspective, he's he's competing with hockey no matter what network it's on. Yeah, he he's competing care. with it on NBC Sports Network it's, right now. So, yeah. Right. So if Turner wants to put it head to head, that to him, to me, if I'm Tony Khan, that's Turner's problem. I don't, I don't care what Turner does with the All it meant for me is you just gave me a lot more money. So that's fine by me. Um, so, yeah, that's not really going to be a factor. And then I see people. Uh, the other thing is like the whole thunder thing, like you're saying, that's just people who don't know, understand. You just don't understand like, you just, anything about it, business, anything about, yeah, it, uh, about you, how about you don't even understand drawing. the thunder bit. You don't even understand that business of it. I, I you know, go do a little bit of research. You're drawing an example from 20 years yeah. ago. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's completely irrelevant. And um, it's also a bad example because, and, and, and real quickly, you know, just to kind of get yeah, people, ahead, you know, catch up people up to speed. Like at that point, nitro was, was. You know, this is post, you know, the early 1998 or whatever, or late 1997 when, you know, they're still riding high, but they're starting to lose a little bit of ground. WF starting to kind of bubble a little bit in there. But, you know, they in the in the in the same like week or month or whatever that they debuted Thunder, they also debuted the third hour of Nitro. So overnight, they basically had to produce four hours or five hours of weekly you know television uh, out of nowhere. And I think, you know, I, I, I would have to look at the exact figures, but I'm pretty sure the uh, the price increase was zero <laughs> for the TV rights. And it was right. essentially just, hey. Hey, we need you to produce this for us. So now you got thunder. And it was, you know, at a time when that company was at its need, it really kind of beginning the, the, the claw, the, the climb down and, and, and not on the rise. Like, I think we can probably say that AEW is right now, whatever rise that may be, obviously nowhere near the level of WCW at this point. But, but by the time thunder and the third hour of nitro come, WCW is kind of either, you know, teetering out or starting. It's kind of downslope and, and it's just totally different. Yeah. The financials are different. The landscape is different that, that, you know, that was all about, yeah, it's it's just it shows a complete utter lack of understanding of the processing business then and an utter lack of the pro the business of the processing business today. So you, you may as well be talking about something in 1950. Right. So if you're going to bring it, yeah, you might as well bring bring it up the Dumont Network and fucking yeah, wrestling on the Dumont Network. Yeah. So, you know, you get you get paid money <laughs> to produce more content right. now. Thunder was just a company that already owned it producing saying another hey hour. give us two more hours or give us another hour or whatever yeah forget it. what it, i think it started out as two hours yeah give us hey we want two more hours of content can you do that for us thanks we need it like next month <laughs> you know yeah and it's just whatever they were getting on ad rates it's not a, an influx of cash the way that more content is now that you could sell the networks it's a complete lack of understanding of of how the wrestling how the wrestling business operates today versus how WCW was operating 23 years ago it's completely yeah. irrelevant and you know if, if the fear is well they're going to 
overstretch themselves and they're not the quality of their content is going to drop. Well, that's up in the air, but I'm confident they could do another one hour show and make it good. I, I, I'm not really worried about that. And I'm also confident they're not going to treat that third hour. They're not going to treat Rampage like a B show, like Thunder was treated by the lazy WCW bookers. And people quickly realized that Thunder was not essential programming. Yeah, pretty much after the first month, it was just like, oh, you don't have to watch Thunder ever. <laughs> and you right. didn't, and, and people didn't. And the so. way that WWE treats main event and superstars and, and 205 Live, where it's very obvious that it's not essential programming, I don't think AEW is going to have that problem. I think they're going to treat it as equal programming and you know they're good because they're going to want it to do a number because they're going to want to sell that package in 2024. So uh, now, will it put a strain on everybody? I, we don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be too much for their team to handle. Uh, we'll find that out. But I don't think they're just going to treat it like a side project where it's going to be like a third version of Dark, and you're going to be getting, you know, terribly, you know, lazily booked, non-essential program. I don't think that's going to be the case. So the Thunder comparison doesn't even work from that perspective. Um, so that the you know, so that stuff you just got to disregard. At the end of the day, this is all very good news for AEW. This all worked out great. The best thing that ever happened to them was Turner acquiring that NHL package because none of this happens if that doesn't occur, you know, because they don't have to move networks. Right, right. It could, a, a, two, a double whammy. I think also the conglomerate or whatever the hell is going on with Warner and, you know, the, the selling of that. I think that's one part of it. And then also, like you said, the more important part is the NHL package. They buy that NHL package and, yeah, that, it, it totally transforms everything. Now you know that now you knew the third hour was coming because they've been talking about that for like a year or whatever it is. Okay, so I'm sure there was some kind of deal in place for the third hour, and then when they kicked that off, right? So you knew that was coming, but where they probably got an additional influx of cash was because of that NHL deal and moving networks, because there's no reason for Tony Khan to agree to move networks if he's there's not something in it for him. So uh, that's why the NHL deal ended up being great for them and in fact it ended up being the whole nhl situation ended up being a plus for everybody even nxt because it forced wwe when wwe was afraid that those nhl playoffs were going to be on wednesday nights and we're going to bump them they moved their show to tuesday okay and that's more beneficial to them so this stupid war could end and you can maximize your viewership which they were doing for a few weeks but now they're down in yeah. the fucking shit. <laughs> Today, this week, yeah. But in, on paper, yeah. even the, the specter of possibly uh, the NHL coming to USA ended up being beneficial for WWE too because it, it – but, but here's the thing. NXT is back doing the shitty numbers they were doing, and Dynamite has done nothing but grow without NXT counter-programming them. So this whole NHL thing really has benefited AEW more than anyone. And it, it really, um, you know, has, is, is, is a really big story. It's, it's interesting how different dominoes can fall because something totally unrelated to pro wrestling, NHL signing a new television deal, has all of these ripple effects and this big influx of cash. And I, I suspect that the only person privy to the number is Dave Meltzer, and he's saving it for the Observer. That's my guess. I, I, would, I would assume, yeah. So maybe we'll all know in a, in a matter of hours how much money they're getting. But, I mean, this was a pretty aggressive roster construction before the new influx of cash. And it's kind of good timing when you've got 
Brian Danielson and Andrade and who knows who else. Yeah, Smojo. Uh, available. And all of a sudden, you've got this gigantic influx of income to chase people who you were probably chasing already. Now it becomes a little easier if one of these guys is looking for an extra zero on right, the Right, the haggling can add, and you can say, you know what, you guys want the, you want this? Yeah, we, got, we can do that now, so here you go. You know. Right, so it just puts them in a tremendous position. So in the room, I like to say on the TV reviews, they're high-fiving in the room. If it's really good news, they're popping champagne in the room. I don't know what the fuck they're doing in the room after all this. <laughs> they're having a naked fucking party. They're I was going to say, a it. naked Coke party, given, <laughs> given yeah. how, how successful this has been. So. Yeah, this is just the greatest news. They've earned it. Uh, They've earned the naked Coke party. Have ever achieved it, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, a, you know, they went from an ad split deal, okay? They went from a fucking ad split deal, and then hopefully doing well enough where by 2024 they can get a paying deal to having a deal torn up twice. And, you know, it's just incredible. You know, it, it, it's, it's crazy. They didn't have to wait to 2024 to get two new deals. This is their second new deal. Yeah. And their first deal hasn't ended yet. That's crazy. You know, Turner, you know, it's like they didn't have to do it the first time. They kind of had to do it this time because of the contracts and everything. But Turner didn't have to do it the first time. So, I mean, everything just keeps coming up roses for these guys. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the key is it's not like any imposed deadline that they go, all right, yeah, yeah, we want to keep you guys for another year. They're saying, hey, here's a new deal and here's another hour and here's more money. Like, you know what I mean? They, they're coming. I mean, at the end of the day, Turner is, I mean, AEW has no leverage to sit down and say, hey, you're going to give us another hour and $10 million and whatever. So Turner is coming to them and saying, hey, can we give you more money and give you more content? You, you know what I mean? Like, we find you valuable enough to do that. So. Um, yeah, that's a tremendous success. There is that without an imposed deadline, without a drop dead date, without a uh, you know open contract negotiations, Turner continues to come to the table and say, "Let us extend you, let us give you more time, let us do this." So that that is like you said, that's a lot of high fives in the room for sure. I mean that that is as good as it gets for right now to give you that stability and and that idea that you are a valuable asset for that network. So yeah, yeah. Anybody that thinks anything else is is a Idiot. <laughs> You're just an idiot. You have no yeah, idea. Yeah, to where they're willing to rip up the contract and yeah. move you and pay you more money instead of just saying, no, we're going to preempt you 13 times. Or we're, you know, we're going to move you to midnight 13 times. I mean, they could have done They didn't do that. They, they said, look, you know, we value this property. We'll move you, and we're willing to pay you more money to do so. And that's how it played out. Now the question is, what's the amount? What's the dollar amount? Yeah. I think it's going to be pretty healthy, honestly. I mean – if they're paying $45 million a year for two hours of TV a week, okay, then why, if I'm Tony Khan, am I taking any less than $22.5 million for another hour? Oh, yeah, yeah. You look at the landscape, and, and, and you know, I said that AEW doesn't have that much leverage, but they do have the leverage of, like, hey, look at the landscape. So if TNT came and said, hey, uh, you know, give us that extra hour for, I don't know, you know, $200,000, like, Tony could say, no. <laughs> like, why would I do that? Like, when, look at the value. Yeah. No, that's not the value of live sports right now, and you know it. That's not the value. Look at all these deals. So, no, you got to come a little bit better with that deal. Yeah, so that is the leverage that they have is that look at the landscape. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no. So they don't sign it if it's, you know. Well, the uh, leverage they have is you're already paying me X amount for two hours, so why wouldn't you pay me the same amount for the extra right, hour? Right, 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 exactly. And, and also, you're moving my, you're breaking my contract. So, you know, let's throw that in there too. You know, and then Turner comes back with, all right, well, we want a little extra value for that. And then you come back with, all right, well, how about can we have some specials? And then it goes from there. You could see how this all played out. 
You know, that's just more content, more content. That's why these darks and dark elevations are a thousand hours long. They want to build a content library. You've all seen the template that was set by WWE. The content is where the money is. So those darks and dark elevations, they're, they're tryout tools for talent. They're developmental tools for talent. And also, it's fucking content. So that when one of these streaming services comes calling, looking for content, you can say, like Rich just said a few minutes ago, we have 8,000 hours of – or whatever it is of content that we can offer you for your streaming service today. What do you think that's worth? And then there you go. Right. And you sell them all these dopey dark mat, dark and dark evolution mat, you know, to beef up the deal. These people don't know the difference. It's just content. Yeah, here, here's a hard drive that has 6,000 hours of content yeah. that you guys can upload. So knock yourselves out. <laughs> right. So that's the name of the game. Yeah. And, you know, um, you know, so, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the AW deal. Yeah. Huge deal. Big, sure. you know, I'm, I'm so curious to the number. I think it's going to be, my guess, it's going to be at minimum $25 million. Interesting. Okay. Um, hmm. I don't know if I have a guess. Yeah, I don't know if I have a good guess. Well, you know it's at least ten, and you know it's less than ninety-nine. Yeah, it's somewhere so. between ten and ninety-nine. Is probably uh, that'll be my official stance. Uh, yeah, probably. I guess on the lower end. Yeah, you're probably right. Twenty-five, fifteen, twenty-five. I could see it being somewhere in that range. Which would put them at about what seventy million a year annually. Yeah, yeah it's not bad for um, you know three hours of TV. Yeah, during and, COVID too. Like you said, like they're increasing this yeah. during a time period when when you know it should be, but they've they've proven their worth. You know. They haven't missed a second. Yeah. And that's what you, when you, <laughs> we had this discussion during COVID. Remember when people were like, it's irresponsible. It's this. We, we flat out said the company will survive because they are producing content during COVID. Yes, maybe that's bad. Yes, maybe that's irresponsible. Yes, maybe it's whatever. But that, for that company to exist and that company to exist beyond this year, they cannot stop and they have to produce content and produce weekly content every single week. Live quote unquote live weekly content every single week and people argued with us, no, it's irresponsible, they should shut down, yada yada. We said they know what they're doing. They're doing it for a reason. They're doing it for the health and 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 continuation of their company. If this company is going to exist beyond this year, they can't take months off. They can't take weeks off. They need to produce content. And what has happened in that time is they've signed two T V deals. And made if, massive more <laughs> amounts of money and have now given themselves stability for the next five years, basically. Well, if Raw's three hours are worth two hundred million, is that what it is? Two hundred or one hundred eighty million or something? Over yeah, I forget the exact. Yeah, somewhere in that range. And they're doing point. What is it? Point sixes or point fives in the eighteen to forty nine or whatever it is. Then, wouldn't AEW's three hours being worth seventy million kind of be proportional? Doing high point threes, sometimes point fours. You know, when you're not going up against the NBA. So that's why I say 25, because that would put them at about $70 million annually. I don't know. I mean, I'm not Nick Khan. I wish I was, but that seems fair to me um, proportionally to what WWE gets for their three hours on USA. You can't really, you know, SmackDown we know is $200 million a year. It's, what was it, $200 million over five years for a billion dollars total? Yeah. Or yeah something exactly. like that. Yeah. So, but that's network. That's different. The comp would be USA and TBS and raw is doing, you know, what high end of 0.6 low end high point fours, I guess for raw. 
and like 1.8 million total viewers. So you're looking at AEW programming that, you know, high end will do 1.1 million viewers, low point about 800,000 and somewhere between the midpoint fours in the demo and the high point twos. So, I mean, that's why, that's why my guess is what it is. What I would go into the room, like thinking in my head as someone who has never negotiated a TV deal in my life, but that that's kind of where I would put it. Right. So I think, you know, proportionally 70 million would be fair. Give WWE a little bump because they've been doing it for fucking 40 years. Right. But you got to get a little bump because you're breaking your contract. So there's a lot of moving parts there. For sure. You know, so we'll see. Um, But at any rate, either way, you know, they, they, they increased their deal. They ripped it up and and they've signed a new deal. So you go, that's the AEW TV deal uh, channel change. We'll move on now to uh, more topics kind of in a, American wrestling here. NXT made some cuts as well uh, this week. They uh, names that were the a part of the initial cut. There was also another one today. Velveteen Dream uh, released uh, today. Pat was it Patrick Clark? I think that's his real name, right? Patrick Clark. I want to say. Yeah, a lot of it turns out um, on top of all the other issues with Velveteen Dream that they were seemingly ignoring or investigated and whatever the case with that, um, that there was a lot of heat just with the other wrestlers and everything. So. Um, I think Fightful reported that uh, the the wrestlers were afraid that maybe he was going to, that he was angling for a coaching position and they kind of were uncomfortable with that. It didn't seem like he had many pals. No, no, no. And he had it barely, I don't think he wrestled at all in 2020. And yeah, it's feel like it was a long time coming for this. Yeah. So, yeah. There's uh, there's the Velveteen Dream. So he includes these names as well. Jake Clemens, a referee. I think he's already got an AIW shot <laughs> booked. So good for him. Yeah. Get back on the indies. Indie refs. I mean, if you want to, if you want to ref on the indies, you can get a job tomorrow. So good for him. Uh, Urza Judge, who I think real name is uh, EJ Nadoka, I believe is his name. And I have he, no idea who that is. He's a fucking massive dude. He's like a champion bodybuilder, like uh, just a a guy that looks like the template of what this performance center exists for. Is a guy like this. Uh, so I have no idea what's going on with this. I don't know if he just was so bad they couldn't figure anything out of it. But I think he. I thought he was a college football player, and then he became a you know, professional bodybuilder or something. So um, I don't know anything else beyond that, but yeah, he seems like the type of guy that probably shouldn't slip through the cracks, but God only knows, you know, what the reason was. He signed uh, in August uh, of 2019, but uh, yeah, has not done much obviously in the, in the years, but uh, yeah, so he was, uh, he played at Jacksonville university, then Sam Houston state, uh, and then uh, tried out for, or did a little bit of CFL stuff and, and also did the NFL draft combine, but never, uh, never made it anywhere else. I'll be on there and then became professional bodybuilder. So, he is uh he is done now. Skyler Story, the uh former Brandy Lauren, uh was released after six months. <laughs> she had her her property of WWE shirt was barely uh, it only got washed a few times and she's already out of there. So wrestled uh, one match. Yeah. I don't know. That's, battle Royal. Seems strange. Seems strange. So I don't know what's going on. Battle Royal. Yeah, they they I mean, you know, they're making cut look, they made main roster cuts, and those were, believe it or not, budget cuts. Um, which is just sounds crazy when, but anyway, and we knew the NXT cuts were coming. It just took a little longer for them to come. So, and a lot of these have 30 day clauses and not the, the, the traditional 90 day. So I don't know if that's because these are NXT contracts versus main roster contracts, but you know, she only got on TV once and it was a battle Royal and maybe they've been evaluating her and it's just someone that they didn't think they have a million women under, con- I mean, they have, an exorbitant amount of women on the roster. So it's become very competitive 
Um, it's not like the old days where you'd have a roster that's 90% men, 10% women. Those percentages of clo- that gap is closed on that roster. So it's just as competitive now. So it doesn't really surprise me that they would sign someone and then cut them that quickly if they didn't see anything in them. Mm-hmm. Right. They, they, there was nothing that really made her stand out over the others. Yeah, we have no idea. We have no idea the internal or she asked for it or who the hell knows what happened. But anyway, Skyler's right. story. Uh, her story has ended here. Uh, Jessamine Duke, one of the four horsewomen, also released. At this point, she had completely just stopped wrestling. I forget if it was injury or they just realized that nothing was going to happen here. She was doing streaming stuff for them. She was on a bunch of Twitch channels and whatnot. But uh, they have decided finally to, uh, to to part with her. And uh, I will say this. Even though I, I don't know if she was ever going to be good, I don't know what they had from her. I have no fucking clue. But the idea that they never once even tried to book... The horse, the Ronda Rousey's horsewomen versus the the WWE horsewomen is is insane. It's just absolutely. Even if you know that she sucks and Shafir sucks, it's fine. You got Rousey and you got Baszler and you have the other four, uh, the the NXT horsewomen that all know how to work. That I mean, that's just such a license to print money, and they never did it. They teased it, they teased it a little bit, they teased it during social media, and they never pounced on it. And 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 now I guess it's over. So. They leave. It's it's just dumb. They leave like, so much money on the table. Just do man. it. Just don't even. Just do it. You know, if you, she can't that work, could been, that could have been the main event of a paper. Yes, if she can't work, whatever. All you need to do is tag her in. She does a few shoulder blocks and she's out. If Shafir can't work, a few shoulder blocks, uh, a cell, and she's out. Rousey can work. Baszler can work. That's all you need. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like in any and, other era, and you have these two geeks to eat the pen. Right. In any other era. Any company in the world would have made so much money with this shit, and they never once booked it's, it. It's so easy of a story. <laughs> it's so easy of a story that it's almost hacked. Right, you it. have all four but, of the NXT horsewomen in there doing their fucking yeah. four fingers thing. Ronda Rousey's music plays, and she goes, we were the original, you know, women, four horsewomen, or the original four horsewomen, you know. Let's uh, evolution two or uh, whatever. Like you don't have to do anything. <laughs> any pay per view. It's a headline match. It doesn't. The build is nothing. Do it is... on a do it on a takeover and fill a basketball arena. With uh, anything. It. Just book it. What are you doing? <laughs> Why would you not book it? You know, I thought Duke would be safe with the streaming stuff. Like I thought that would say, but I guess they figured out an expense they can cut. Yeah. Shafir, I don't even know if she's still on the roster. Or not. I think I, she is, but God only knows what she. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what she's doing these days. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, Shafir Duke hasn't wrestled since 2019. Shafir actually wrestled in the uh, women's Dusty Classic. With uh, they lost in the first round, so they and she wrestled in that battle royal that Brandy Lauren wrestled in. In. Uh, September of last year. So every now and then they they dust the mothballs off Marina Shafir and get her in there. Duke just was no longer a wrestler. And Duke was especially bad. I don't know if you remember. Yeah, she was she was like you always say like the Bambi or like the the deer. Yeah, she couldn't do anything. Newborn baby giraffe. Yeah, right. Struggling the stand. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was yeah, really bad. She was atrocious. It just goes to show, even if you're a legitimate athlete sometimes and a high enough level athlete to be an MMA fighter, even though Duke and Shafir were awful MMA fighters, but at a time when, you know, the entry level for women is it wasn't as high as it is now. So who knows how great of an athlete she really was? I'm assuming she's a better athlete than like me or you. 
but it just goes to show that I someone, would say that's a safe assumption that she's probably a better athlete than me. Yes, but but uh, but um, just goes to show that someone who at least was a major league caliber real athlete, pro caliber athlete, it, it doesn't always translate. She was really bad, and yeah. Shafir's not good, but she was really bad. Yeah. And With that said, there's no fucking excuse not to book the fucking. No, there's no over. excuse yeah, at all. Zero. And the fact that they were terrible MMA fighters doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Because it's pro wrestling, and you can still get them over as dangerous or whatever, like they were doing on NXT for a while with those two, but they just weren't good. So, um, that's it for Duke. And if I'm Shafir, you know, the JTG, don't answer your phone. Yeah. Right? Oh, I yeah. Mean, that phone is <laughs> that phone is going it's, away, and yeah. Yeah. I am just going to show up to squat class and <laughs> just don't talk to anybody. Don't look to any of anybody. Just kind of get there. Go do your work. Hopefully hip toss class is very crowded that day. So you can just. Eh, she's married to Roddy. Maybe that'll. Yeah, that, that might that might keep her going. So uh, Vanessa. They're a, lovely, Bourne. they're a lovely couple, by the way. They are. They lovely are. They're, they're very. They have a cute kid and stuff. So, yeah, that's good, mm-hmm. good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Vanessa Bourne also released. I was never a fan of Vanessa Bourne when I was reviewing well, NXT. She was terrible. <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. You, you... She wasn't good. I mean, when I was reviewing NXT regularly, she was very often the worst thing on the show. I mean, she was really not good. I know she has a lot of fans. Um, not, a lot of fans in the sense of people who, who think they could have done more with her. Um, I'm not saying, suggesting she was over in any regard. But um, I never saw anything in Vanessa Bourne, honestly. Um, I'm surprised she lasted this long. Did you see she put out a very – it was either on Twitch or whatever social media bullshit. She has a very passive-aggressive goodbye video floating around. You need to watch that. Ooh, bullshit. I have not. Yeah, I have not seen it. She's spilling the tea, oh, as the kids say. Yeah. Um, very passive-aggressive. She does this thing where, with a smile on her face – airs all of her grievances and then at the end of it says but i'm not bitter <laughs> right i just spent seven yeah minutes. right yeah. one of those things yeah so it's it's pretty funny because she's like i don't have any bad feelings and i'm not bitter you just spent three minutes you know uh telling all the you know how they stole your ideas and everything and so yeah <laughs> uh so that's the end of vanessa Bourne, which um i don't know i you know i as far as these people popping up other places, we talked about Jake Clemens. I don't know anything about Ezra Judge. Uh, Brandy Lauren will be all over the indies. No problem with that. I believe she's still dating Joey Janela. So she'll uh, be yeah, yeah, I don't think that's oh, a that's thing not anymore. A case yeah, anymore? I think okay. that's done, yeah. All right, so that would have been an easy end to Game Changer. Um, if they still have a good – if they're still like friends or whatever, I would presume it'd be. But I don't know nothing. Yeah, I obviously yeah, know less than you about their relationship. And that's all I know. Um, so that's all uh, – I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Jessamine Duke, I don't expect her to ever she's wrestle done. again. Yeah, she's done. Vanessa Bourne um, seems like someone who, I mean, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. Is she the next Tay Conti? I don't know. I mean, I, if you would, if we, I'm sure there's audio of me saying Tay Conti sucks and will yeah, never oh, wrestle yeah. again. No doubt. No doubt. And yeah. now look, so you never really can tell. So I don't know. She signed off her little fucking Twitch stream with, I'm very regretful that I never got to wrestle zombies. So she was very passive aggressive oh, about I that like too. I like it. Yeah, let's put her on the show. We should give her a podcast. Um. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I see nothing in Vanessa Bourne, but I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe she'll uh, go that somewhere. little line makes me think that there's something there. You know, gonna shoot. Yeah. You know, she thinks, uh, you know this thing maybe sucks. She, she's gonna cut some. Yeah. Cu- she's gonna go to GC Dub and cut some fucking shoot promos. You know what I mean? Like old school. You know. Uh, Kavita Devi, who, um, uh, Indian woman, uh, who I think was supposed to be on those superstar spectacles, whatever, 
Uh, but I think she had some family emergencies, so she went back to India, and I do not think she's wrestled for a while there. But uh, they obviously had some pretty – she was in one of the May Young Classics. I forget which one. What uh, Was given a modicum of a push just because they wanted to you know, get a, 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 an Indian woman some publicity, but uh, she, for whatever reason, is, is, is done. I think she was technically the first Indian woman that ever had in, in a company, but yeah, she hasn't wrestled since last uh, 2019. July 2019, so obviously something went awry there, and, and um, yeah, it's... Kavita Devi, Kavita Devi was the YouTube champion of the world. Remember? Oh right, yeah, she was getting ninety thousand views. Ninety thousand or 90, Try ninety million? Yeah, ninety million views on every May Young Classic uh, uh, match that she had. Um, I do remember that now. Yeah, Kavita Devi was legitimately the WWE YouTube champion. Her uploads, you know, from India. They loved her. She was over with the Indian people on YouTube, at least. And then, uh, yeah, I don't know if just she's fucking terrible. I don't remember even watching her wrestle, to be honest. I'm sure she wasn't yeah, exactly. Yeah, I really don't remember that. much. I mean, the only time I remember ever seeing her actually wrestle was usually in, like, Battle Royals. I know she was on a, Royal, a WrestleMania kickoff, and then she was in the Mae Young Classic. But, yeah, I, as far as other stuff, I don't honestly remember her being in too many other things. So, Rich, let's face it. She probably wasn't Akira Hokuto. Right? <laughs> she so probably was not, yes. So. Yeah, so that, that's, you know, she was probably terrible, and it seems like she had some injury issues if she hasn't wrestled in that long. Right, right. It's either a family issues. thing, too, and there was a family thing, too, going on. So, Yeah, okay, I didn't know about that. Or maybe they just didn't have any faith in putting her in the ring. Uh, she never made TV outside of the tournament. So, um. It just goes to show that, you know, they've all kind of figured out the value of these YouTubes, uh, of these YouTube downloads. Yeah, uh, it doesn't matter. Or whatever it's, you, want doesn't it's just, fucking matter. Yeah. you can't make any money off it because when advertisers figure out they're from India, they won't pay you for them because the Indian economy is so bad that there's no money in it. So they don't advertise. There's no money in advertising towards Indian people. So... And when someone does the YouTube numbers that she does, you would think that would that would make her safe, but it's just it's worthless. That's the problem. So right. it's her, kind her of nine hundred million views don't mean yeah, they mean nothing. They're they're you they're have worthless. all these people who want to consume your content, but you can't figure out how to make money. Yeah, you can't them. monetize them, and then there's no point. So yeah, uh, Alexander Wolf. Now he's an interesting one that I think a lot of people are going to go ah whatever. D- don't Alexander Wolf fucking rules. So no, he's this guy's awesome. Yeah, so I mean, be prepared. Twenty twenty one, you're going to see a lot of him, and he's going to be fucking great. Yeah, they kicked him out of Ring Comp for whatever they call them. What do they call him now? Imperium, uh, Imperium. So they kicked him out of Imperium, and it's like I guess that was his write off because then they cut him like two days later. But um, yeah, this guy fucking rules. This guy can go. I was not an Alexander Wolf believer at first, and I forget someone was really on the Alexander Wolf hype train. And um, I don't remember who it was. Was it Rob Naylor or maybe Allen? I can't remember. But someone kept telling me, no, this guy's great. This guy's great. And then I finally got it. I'm like, no, yeah, this guy, you know, he had like three or four killer matches in a row. And this is a dude where out of these, this batch of releases, this is the one I'm making the phone call to instantly. Yeah, I can find something to do with this guy. I'm not saying he's like a future world champion or – but this guy it can have a place on my roster. I'll yeah, find I'll find something for I'll find something for this guy to do. I'll find a match for him to be in. Yeah, there's there's yeah. there's there's something there with this guy. This is not a and he's a guy who I think is pretty hungry. I think immediately upon getting released, changed his Twitter account, yep. released a video, said I'm open for business, you know, type stuff. So yeah, yeah he, he he'll pop up. A lot of these guys, you know, 
they wait out their thing and then they take some, sh- you know, a few bookings here and there, try to make a lot of money off of them, you know, think their worth is way more than it is. And it, it is, you know, but, but not, uh, I, he right out of the gates was here. I'm open for business. Let's go. Let's do this thing. So I'm excited. Yeah. And then uh, final one, uh, Drake Wirtz, obviously referee Drake Wirtz, which felt like a very long time coming for him who, uh, you know, an absolute well, lunatic and just a crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy human being. So. Drake works. Drake works. Unfortunately, is a psychopath. So, I mean, uh, what what else do you want? I know to people say? are like, "Whoa, you guys got to talk about." What? I mean, he's a fucking maniac. Like, what do you want me to tell you? There, there's yeah. a lot of sympathy for him in a lot of circles because people feel like he's just been indoctrinated and brainwashed, and this really isn't him. Um, the QAnon stuff is just fucking wild. It's just yeah, it's 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 divorced from reality. He, he's completely divorced yeah. from reality. So it's and I mean, we try not to do politics, and I don't even really consider it politics. I think if you're into QAnon, you're just so far off the reservation that I can't take you seriously as a human being. Right, I kind of just it, laugh at. I I know that like you shouldn't because there are people that like are very you know really doing like really really terrible stuff, uh, yeah. and, and affecting a lot of people's lives with this QAnon shit. But like, I just I kind of you know. I have had people in my life that, that have been directly affected. I just kind of laugh. I'm like, what are you doing? It's, like, you're, you're just not a real you're not like, a You're real an idiot. Person. Like, I just stopped you're, talking to you. I, I, I've disconnected from all those people because I'm like, you've lost all sense of reality. So I have no need for you in my life anymore. So bye. Just go. Yeah, the QAnon stuff is just so far removed from. Right. Go scream. You know, go, go into a fucking park and scream about your, your, your wild shit, I guess. And he's, he's all in. He's so, I don't know. I'm sure he'll get, he'll get indie bookings. Don't worry about it. He'll get indie bookings. I put them, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be. He'll do CZ started, Dub. He'll do CZ Dub yeah. and some other bullshit like that. And You're then right. He'll be gone. You know, yeah, like yeah. Ian Rotten, Ian yeah, Rotten, yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. yeah. No, it's if he even wants to do that, he might be so indoctrinated. Yeah, he point. might say, "Oh, this is great. Now I have more time to, you know, spread the word of, uh, you know, right. uh, yeah." So yeah, it could, it could. He might be done with wrestling. <laughs> you know what I mean? He might just completely disassociate and and and, and move on. So, and he might just not be able to coexist with other humans. I mean, he he just. Now all the stories are coming out of all the issues he had behind the scenes, and I can't believe they kept him around as long as they did. I mean, maybe they were just waiting for a batch of releases so he can't feel like right. I think out. they needed to. It would probably had to happen is they didn't want to just release him out of nowhere because then it's like, oh, you're being released because I, you know, my opinions, and I'm trying to spread, the, you know. But if you can say, oh, hey, it's budgetary cuts, and we release nine other people as well, and you're one of the nine, it's a lot easier. It's harder to get. You know, yeah, if if he were to, you know. Do yeah. litigation, they could say, well, it was, but you know, it's budget cuts. It was not anything, you know, they could, they could come to the table and say it's not because of his, his opinions or his thoughts or whatever. It's because it was budget cuts, you know. But if you release right. him by himself out of nowhere after he does something stupid, then he could, you know, he could litigate and say, oh, well, it's because I was, you know, doing this and that. Yeah. And they, even if he's 100% in the wrong, like, right, right. They just don't want to go to the table with this guy. I'm sure they're right. just ready to just still, be done forever. Yeah. Yeah, he could still be a thorn in your side, like file some frivolous lawsuit that you don't want to deal with. So you just release him in a mass batch. That feels like what happened here. Yeah. Because you see the stories of him storming out of meetings and being belligerent and just, you know, it's like, well, I mean, they probably had cause in, you know, prior, but you feel like this guy's unstable and he's going to get some fucking QAnon lawyer and he's going to be a big problem and it's going to be in the news and he's going to go on fucking Newsmax and and complain about the company and you don't want to deal with any of that shit. So you just you just you do it this way and it, like you're saying, it becomes real hard to make that kind of case when they can turn around and say, "Well, we released a dozen people. You happen to be one of them, including another referee." You know? So, I think that's the way you do it. But I mean, you know, it's just he's just uh, 
this one you kind of yeah it, it was going to happen at some point so yeah. that's the end of Drake Quartz there you go so Drake Quartz Velveteen Dream Alexander Wolf, Kavita V, Vanessa Bourne Jasmine Duke Skylar Story Irza Judge Jay Clemens released. So that's what we got right now. I think that's it for, for the releases right now, but we'll see. All the phones have been answered. They, I, th- I, th- uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think, but who, who knows? All right. All right. Uh, all right let's, uh, let's stick in WWE land here. Let's talk about WrestleMania backlash. It seems like it happened 19 days ago at this point, given all the stuff that's Seriously. happened uh, this week. And I, I, I'm honestly, I'm reading the card and I'm like, I remember, I watched this. I watched all of it. But uh, I don't remember all of it, so it might not be the greatest uh, review here. But uh, let's 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 take it away here. Uh, Raw Women's Title Match: Triple Threat. Rhea Ripley, Asuka, Charlotte. Uh, Rhea Ripley defeats Asuka and Charlotte retains the Raw Women's Title. I think I remember this being good, but kind of sloppy at times. I don't remember now actually. So, what happened in this match? I, I forget a lot of this card, even though it only happened six days ago. No, this. I mean, this show. Was a was a really it was a decent show aside from there's two things that sucked and we'll talk about it. Yeah, the zombies and the numbers game <laughs> tag team match. Other than that, everything was pretty good. Everything ranged from pretty good to I thought notebook worthy. Yeah, honestly. There, there was one match to so, me that I thought was fucking tremendous. Or two matches that I thought were fucking tremendous. So yeah, and this was good. I think I, we figured out the key to solving the Rhea Ripley Oscar. Um, chemistry problems, and that's to add a third person to the match, yeah. because mm-hmm. they've had terrible matches against each other, and uh, this was fine. You know, I didn't think it was great or anything, but was this a solid three and a quarter star match or something like that? Three and a half, even? Probably closer to three and a half, honestly. Now that I think about the match, they really went out there and worked hard. So, no, I did, and I did like it, and Ripley retained, which I think was the right call. Uh, and then, so we had, between this match and, and the next match, we had a pre-tape that showed... Uh... Uh, Dominic Mysterio getting attacked backstage by the Dirty Dogs, and he was—they threw a chair, uh, a couch on top of him. <laughs> there was a couch wrapped in plastic for some reason. That was a delivery that went awry. That uh, behind, uh, you know, in 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 the the Sun Dome or whatever, Yingling Center, whatever the fuck it's called these days, and uh, they they put Dominic Mysterio under it, and then we cut to the doctor's office and or the local medical facility office, and, and Dominic Mysterio is holding his ribs. And, <laughs> Joe, it doesn't look good. <laughs> and Ray Mysterio is going, "Oh no, oh no, no!" The doctor yeah. goes, "I don't think, I don't think you could wrestle." And Ray goes, "No." And Dominic goes, "Dad, you got this. You don't need me." Yeah. And Ray Which goes, "Dominic, I'll do it. I'll do it for you." Yeah. It's so bad. So bad. And anybody that has ever watched this company for more than one day, and this is when I had that realization that this company, I think, if you. If you are so dumb that you don't remember anything, or this is actually literally the first time you've ever watched this company ever, you might think, ah, you know, this is kind of interesting. This is weird. Like, I wonder what's going to happen here. But you, me, everybody listening to the show, anybody with a brain knew exactly what was going to happen in this match, and it played out exactly as we all thought it. Rey Mysterio comes out without Dominic. You know, the, the announcers mutter to themselves, oh my god, how's how Rey going to overcome these odds? The, the numbers game, the dirty dogs, the two versus one, and what's going to happen? And then, Joe, they proceed to have a match for 17 minutes between the Dirty Dogs and Ray. And the problem is Ray and, and, and Dolph and Ru- they worked their asses off. They worked their fucking asses off in this match. Ray looked great. And then, Joe, as anybody with a brain could have expected, oh, my God, is that Dominic? And Dominic comes down holding his ribs, limping. And, Joe, I know in this moment you cared about Dominic. You had to care about Dominic because Dominic's coming down and he's got the hurt ribs. And he gets onto the apron. He gets to the corner. And Joey reaches his hand out, 
And Ray tags in Dominic, and Dominic comes in, and he fights like hell, and fights like hell, and fights like hell, and then eventually, Joe, he wins the match. Ray and Dominic overcome the odds, and they become, as Pat McAfee said, a documentary-worthy, the first-ever WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions that are a father and son duo. And you will never forget where you were when the first-ever father and son duo became WWE SmackDown Tag Team Champions. You were, I guess, sitting on your couch or doing whatever the hell you were doing when you watched WrestleMania Backlash, so... Leather recliner. Um, Fucking terrible. So, Just so bad. So is documentary worthy the new Pat McAfee thing? Well, where, he said where, it for two oh, times in three oh, days. I so I, I know, I know. I, I, got a, I got a question for you. Okay, is okay. The do- is the documentary, is Pat McAfee calling something documentary worthy? Is this the equivalent to like JR's bowling shoe ugly? In that he's talking in code and winking at the viewer like, okay, Jim Ross would call things bowling shoe ugly when it was a rough match between shitty wrestlers and he didn't want to ruin his own credibility, right? So he would use this like little wink, wink, nudge, nudge term, bowling shoe ugly to describe a match that was bad because the wrestlers were bad. Right. Or when he knew the match was going to be bad, he'd get out ahead of it and say, well, you're probably not going to see any uh, collar and elbow tie-ups. You're never gonna, it's not going to be a catch-as-catch-can yeah. match out there. It's going to be, you know, yeah. It's get out ahead of it, as in this match is going to fucking suck. This Tory versus Sable, you know, match is going to suck. So let me just let you know right now that you're not going to see a hammerlock or you know, a, a, a top wrist lock. It's going to be, yeah, it's going to be bowling shoe ugly. So To retain his credibility. Yeah. So what I'm getting at is this is what is this what Pat McAfee is going to do now? Interesting. When, okay. Listen, listen. When the company wants to make a real big deal out of something that he knows the fans really don't care about, but that it's his job to put over as a big deal, is this his way of retaining his credibility by being so over the top about it? That we know Pat's on the same level as us. Right, he knows right, that, right, right. Like, he knows no one cares about Tamina. Like, they're screaming in his headset, make a big deal about it, make a big deal about it. And he knows nobody cares. So he's like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. So he's like, I don't want to be a geek and make people think that I care about Tamina because I know that I don't and I know that no one else cares about Tamina. So is his thing going to be when it's something like that that he knows the viewer really doesn't care about and he doesn't want to come across like a company stooge? Is he just going to call it documentary worthy? Yeah, maybe. That's, Seems that's like a good, yeah, right. it's a good, yeah, it's a good play. I, I I hadn't thought of that before, but that's a good. As a guy is trying to kind of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, because we know that he we know that overnight he didn't become a fucking idiot. You know what I mean? Like he's right. you know despite doing that job, but yeah, he's probably getting screamed at in his headset, and he just that's maybe his his thing. The way of putting something over to make his bosses happy, but also tell us, look, guys, I know that this isn't that big a deal either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe I like it. Yeah, I, I like that idea. We'll we'll see. I, I think we'll find out pretty quickly if 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 um if that that is the case or if he has absolutely lost his mind now that he's he's in that job or he has nothing. He doesn't know what to say. You know what I mean? He's he's just out of things to say. But uh, I don't know from that guy. He's he's a pretty smart guy and, and 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 seems to know what he's doing. So nobody gives a fuck about Tamina. No one. <laughs> no one. I could see some WWE fans being into the Mysterio thing. I can't see anyone caring about Tamina winning a title. Why would anyone care? It's Tamina. You would never convince me. They had the pyro. (laughs) Yeah, Tamina is over. A tear-filled promo and the pyro. (laughs) For Tamina. I reviewed that match behind the paywall, by the way. $10 tier. 
It's all, no one cares. <laughs> but anyway, this match fucking stunk. I listen, listen. I don't care how good Rey Mysterio was. I don't care how good the Dirty Dogs were. All three of them were really good in this match. They gave Rey an intense beatdown. No one takes a beatdown like Rey. It's Rey and it's Ricky Morton. And the conversation stopped. Then there's a whole new level behind that. I get it. I get it. But I will never be interested in this kind of match structure in this company ever again, no matter how good the work is. It's the same old shit for the last 20 years. I can't get into this. It's, it's reductive. It's, it's, it's intelligence insulting. And I didn't even get to the zombies yet. It stinks. So no, I don't care how good the work was. To me, this is like a one-star match. And the work doesn't matter anymore. I hate it. Man, I came into this positive. I came into this review positive. I was going to try, Rich, to stay positive for WrestleMania Backlash. What was next on this fucking thing? Yeah, then, well, (laughs) we had a double whammy here because then we get a pre-tape where John Morrison is is backstage and he's looking around. He opens a door. It says Lumberjacks on the door. And he goes, ah, let me see who the Lumberjacks are. And he opens the door and they go, brains. He closes the door real quick and his eyes bug out. And he goes, oh, my God. And then we get uh, an interview with John Morrison and The Miz. And he says, Miz, I looked at the lumberjacks, and they don't look like they're living. They look like they're zombies. And The Miz goes, they're not zombies. Yeah, what are you talking about? (laughs) Just the dumb Miz voice. Yeah. And then the match starts. And they're zombies. Yeah, it's Damian Priest and The Miz. And there's a lumberjack match with zombies. And this was the single most embarrassing moment I have ever had as a wrestling fan. When one of those, that covers. yeah, one of those moments where you, you like you say you look around and you hope nobody walks in. It was one yeah. of those moments where I just, I, I really, honestly, and I, I, I was about to send you a text message. I think I said it on Twitter a little bit. I was just like, I think we just need to not cover this company anymore until they can. Yeah. Fit. I mean, it was one of those moments where you're just like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And why, like, I don't want to watch this anymore i want to turn this off and go do something else like this is so bad and the the zombies come down and and the announcers are oh my god we have we're gonna go to a safer place because the zombies are here and then you know the match starts the zombies adhere to lumberjack rules which is fantastic that you know the, they don't run in to eat brains no, no they stay on the outside um it's just it's left it's just absolutely utterly embarrassing and ridiculous and and has no value whatsoever this company made what a billion dollars last year what the fuck do they need this money for to sponsor this thing because it was some yeah dave batista netflix show army of dead or army of, i'm never gonna watch it don't yeah who fucking cares yeah it's a zombie thing i'm not gonna watch it anyway but like do you really needed that <laughs> the money that badly that, that i know this? i know brian alvarez made that point too i it's it's they just had record revenues. How much did they get paid for this? 50000 100000 <laughs> Even if they got paid a million. I'm not like, doing this, yeah. Is that worth the trade-off of giving this to your audience? And making – because if Rich is feeling uncomfortable and like it's the most embarrassing thing and he doesn't want anyone to come in the room, Rich probably represents a couple hundred thousand people just like him. You're right in the demo. You're a 30 – Four, wow, well, no, yeah, 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 34, yeah, 35 yeah, year old male. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of other people like you who are probably like, I, this is humiliating. I can't watch this anymore. Yeah, they, humiliating is a good word. I was just like, oh, 
man. <laughs> you know, I know people want us to be funny and stuff. No, there's nothing. But this is like the, this is like the fiend stuff. I don't know how to be funny about it anymore. I I don't know what to say. It's just yeah, it's insulting. It's, it, it, it's an, it, it it shows me that they have an absolute complete lack of 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 respect for their audience. It's just here's this pile of steaming shit because we got fifty thousand dollars or five hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars. And here, just fucking eat it because we want to make good paid. It's just it, it's complete. It's just a complete utter lack of 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 care of of they just don't give a shit of what you think. You're an idiot. You're gonna watch it anyway. Yeah, fuck it's you. so You'll beyond anyway. the pale of what it's just. I don't know what I'm supposed to say to be entertaining yeah. here. I, yeah. I wish I knew what to say, but it's just they. It's just what they do now. I mean, is it possible that there were some? Look, were, were there some children? Who enjoyed this? Maybe watching the show with their parents. Maybe, right? I mean, I don't know, but it's like, were there some kids that enjoyed the story of Dominic Mysterio saving his father? Maybe, maybe that's just not for me. But at least that's pro wrestling. You know, this—I don't know what this is. This isn't—I don't know. Can we just move on? I don't know what to say. Yeah, yeah. People, people want us to bury this, but it was just—it's just—it's stupid and it's boring and, and there's nothing to say. Nothing I wish say. I could be funny. It's a bunch of zombies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. This is why, listen, and it's like, this is why their pay-per-views get pushed to the brink of the third hour where we're almost out of time now, because this is what they do. I mean, they're the biggest wrestling company in the world. We should be leading off with them every week, but we don't. Because of this, because of yeah. stuff like this. It's just it's a joke. I mean, I can't. Match. Well, uh, thankfully, along the way, the Miz tore his fucking ACL during this stupid-ass match, too. So now they don't have the Miz for months and months. And you months, got in so. big trouble on Twitter for saying that. Oh, you know yeah, that? yeah. You were the you were the bad boy on Twitter, <laughs> not me, for saying what a waste of the Miz's ACL to guitar. How, how dare you? He got hurt. You said I don't like the Miz, but yeah, I hate to see a guy tear his ACL in a zombie people, match. Yes, <laughs> right. People were took that as you saying, like they're offended that you said, "Why do you have to say?" Why do I have to qualify it by saying I don't like that the you Miz? don't like the Miz? But that you're not saying you would like to see the Miz tear his ACL. No. Otherwise, what you're saying is, even though you're not a fan of watching the Miz, it's a shame that a guy like this who has his suffers an injury in a match like anyway, whatever. It's a match but so you, absurd, and he tore his yeah, yeah. But you know, right? You were the you were the one though who got, who took a uh, beating. Yeah. I did. Well, thankfully the rest of the show was pretty damn good because then the uh, the SmackDown Women's Title match, Bianca Belair versus Bailey. I thought this was tremendous. I thought Bailey. Yeah, really this is the best I've ever seen Bailey look. I think in terms of just being like a, wow. a real true, like you know, I mean, like in terms of like leading through the match and kind of being like, it, there's better matches that Bailey has had, but I thought this was like the most professional thing. You know what I mean? Like she just came out there and just owned this entire match. Just came out there and worked her ass off. Bianca Belair is awesome. It's just like it's so funny the juxtaposition of this company that that. 20 years ago, it was like the women were an absolute joke, and they're here for brawn panties matches, and they're here for cat fights and stuff, and it's all about the men. And now you have, like, the women's division somehow kind of is in its own little world right now, and they don't fuck with it too much. They kind of do a little bit with the Alexa Bliss stuff, but for the most part, the big title matches are just kind of no-nonsense. Women go in, and, and, and they fight for the title, and one of them wins. One, You know what I mean? There's, there's some stuff here and there, but it was so funny, the juxtaposition of the Dominic, which is the same story they've told a thousand times, the zombie lumberjack, which is just absurd, and then they just said, hey, for 16 minutes, Bianca Belair and Bailey have a wrestling match, and they went and had a really, really good wrestling match, uh, and I thought, yeah, I thought this was tremendous. Not my match of the night. The match of the night is going to come here in a, in a sec, but real, real close to being my favorite match of the entire night. I went, I went four stars with this one. No! I like it. Yeah. I think it was good. Yeah, it was a good, solid wrestling match. I mean, you summed it up 
better than I could, and you put it over more than I would. So, yeah, I thought, you know, it was a good match. Uh, triple threat uh, match. Yeah, triple threat match for the WWE title. This was fucking awesome. Bobby Lashley, Braun Strowman, Drew McIntyre. They just said, go beat the fuck out of each other, guys. And they did. <laughs> they beat the hell out of each other. The holy hell out of each other. My God, was this awesome. No, this is really good, too. Um, the, the one thing, this company gets nearly everything wrong. Like, it's amazing. They get just about every, they get 95% of things wrong. One thing they've gotten right is Bobby Lashley. And you could argue with breaking up Hurt Business and from that perspective, but in terms of just pushing a guy, they have gotten this right. And um, he's really finally living up to what people thought he could be in 2006. <laughs> right, I was going to say 10, 15 years ago or whatever. Yeah. yeah, but no, they've gotten the push right. Yeah. And um, they've gotten him over, and, and yeah, this was uh, it's hard-hitting meat. I don't really like the finish. Typical WWE three-way finish. I'm not, I wasn't really into that. But, um, yeah, just beefy guys beating each other up. And two of the three have been pushed pretty well. And, you know, Strowman was there too. But, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed Like I said, everything on this show was good or better with the exception of the tag and the, and the zombies. Yeah, yeah, this is good stuff. This is just hard-hitting. Uh, Drew was great in this. Bobby Lashley was great in this. And like you said, Strowman was, was fine. He was the third guy. But I think, yeah, Lashley and, and, and Drew were, were fantastic during this. And, and if and, you're not completely tired of tropey WWE-style booking, you probably like the tag, too. Yeah. Oh, that's what I said. Like, it, it, WWE yeah. is I, – I, that, that, this night when I was watching this, I went, wait a minute. They – yeah, if this is the first time you've ever watched a show, it's great. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a really yeah. – they're like fun stories. You know what I mean? They're good. But they tell the same five stories over and over and over and over and over again. Whether Vince just thinks those are the only stories they can tell or he forgets that that's the story he tells or he's just got his little comfort zone and his little security blankets. But, yeah, if you just if you just never watch this company, it's really good. <laughs> like, if you just – yeah. Tune in once every five years, you'd probably find this pretty entertaining. So, uh, the swink in the chat says that, hey, Bobby's impact run was good too. It was, but he didn't feel as hot as he does. Now. No, 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 no. He feels like a made man right now. He feels like an, a bona fide, like top of the roster guy right now. And, 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 and impact, it always felt like they didn't have anybody. So Bobby Lashley was the guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was good. He was good. There was definitely good stuff in it. But, but yeah, I don't know if, um, didn't feel as hot as he does. Now. No, no, definitely not. And then, uh, uh, your main event, uh, Universal Title Match, Roman Reigns versus Cesaro defeats him by referee's decision. They did a lot of Uso uh, uh, drama backstage, you know, the build up to this match where Jimmy Uso says, "Jay, you're a bitch," you know what I mean? <laughs> like you're doing stuff for Roman, and that, that, that just really terrible promos that no, like these are two brothers, and the way that they're talking is like no two human beings on earth, let alone two brothers, would talk in the way. Hey, Jay, <laughs> you know, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. nobody would ever say that. Well, Rich, Rich, do you? I know you don't watch SmackDown, but um, you don't know that. I, I mean, I don't. Yeah, the, you're definitely right. But yes, go I'm ahead. Dedicated to the craft. I was gonna say you don't know that, but uh, you're, um, you're correct. Yeah, it's funny because like every time they have a segment on SmackDown with the Usos and Roman Reigns, the Usos will explain to Roman that they are brothers. Yes, even though (laughs) even though he not only knows that, but that they're like related. Like they they have to explain every talking segment. One Uso has in front of Roman because you know they have to treat everyone like they're goldfish. (laughs) One Uso will inevitably at some point say to the other. Well, this is my brother, Jay, and I think he's being your bitch, Roman. And just because we're cousins, like they have to remind 
What humans have con- have you ever <laughs> spoken also, to a family member? They're also twins. It's not like it's not like you're like, oh man, I don't know. Are these guys related? <laughs> they're fucking. They look exactly the same. Yeah, I've never had a conversation with a family member and reminded someone else yeah. that we're related. Like no one yeah. talks like, like you're this. my cousin. It's like I I know I'm your cousin. Like why would you tell me that? <laughs> they they have to explain the Roman every time that they're brothers. Well, I love it. One of the pre tapes they had where uh, Jimmy gets into the room, so he walks into the room and it's like that that locker room, that Roman's locker room. You know, he's got the special locker room or whatever. So he opens the door and the camera zooms in on the back of his shirt that says Jimmy Uso on it in case. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe through the course of the next ten minutes, you're not going to know which one is Jimmy and which one's Jay. So they zoom in and let you know this this one walking in is Jimmy Uso, and then immediately he goes, "Hey Jay, what's with this locker room?" <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? like, yeah, God, awful. You're a bitch, and it's like, whoa. <laughs> you know what I mean, we're supposed to go, oh my God. Well, they I didn't also- use any of that shit. Roman just beat the fuck out of Cesaro and pinned. And- <laughs> so- I love how the whole video package too was built around Uso range drama and had nothing to do with Cesaro. <laughs> he, just, he just beat the fuck out of Cesaro for 27 minutes, worked his arm over, and fucking made him. The referee had to call it off, and no Uso involved in anything. So Cesaro couldn't have been more of a fucking uh, non-entity in this. It's just a faceless avatar for Roman to beat on a on a B show than this. And you, sir, cost me seventy six dollars because you wouldn't let me put my four hundred fifty dollars <laughs> on it when this was like the lock of the century. In hindsight, I'm very risk averse, as, as you you know, are risk averse. So. Yeah, but I mean, it was the lock of the century, Rich. That's how that's how you make money. But um. At any rate, I am not $76 richer uh, with uh, Roman Reigns. What was it? Minus 400 or something like something that. Something like that, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, and they didn't even bother. He just beat him clean as a sheet. <laughs> I mean, this company booked a zombie lumberjack match, so I had no confidence that they would actually, you know, you don't, you don't know. But, yeah, they had so little confidence in Cesaro. They didn't even they even have an Uso come in and briefly distract no. Roman. <laughs> he, just, he beat no. the fuck out of this guy, and then afterwards they had another Uso come out and then beat the fuck out of Cesaro one more time. Yeah, this is as clean as a WWE <laughs> babyface can lose. You can't lose any cleaner in this company than Cesaro lost here. It's crazy. But I will say this. The match was fucking great. I oh, love this. Oh, so good. Yeah, really, really good stuff. I love this. I went four and a half on this. This is a great match. Um, Cesaro was phenomenal. He definitely, he watched the champion carnival. You can't convince me he oh, did. He stole, yeah, he stole the Otani spot. That's what Otani did. Yeah. Fell out of the ring and, you know, did the fucking uh, uh, arm injury. He hits the same spot. And then he comes in and Reigns just works it over like a fucking surgeon. Reigns was great here. Cesaro was even better. Um, And he beat him just fucking clean. He fucking beat him clean. That's all you could ask for. If this was what WWE was, I'd love it. So, yeah, no, great match. I know a lot of our listeners blow off this company. This match is worth checking out. Honestly, I watch think. the last. If you really, if you want to cut it down, I mean, I know the, the opener we said was okay. You can honestly watch from Bel Air Bailey to the end of it, and you're going to get yeah. an hour and a half of pretty good wrestling. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this show wasn't that bad at all. No, it wasn't. Yeah, that great main event. I mean, you know that that was the, the easy notebook match. So that was uh, WrestleMania backlash, which I didn't have high hopes for. No, but. yeah, it ended up uh, ended up being pretty. Pretty good. So I didn't hate my life when it was over. Yeah, there was a brief moment where I did, but then then it got me back on track. So that was. It's like the bar for WWE shows now is if you don't hate your life when it's over, (laughs) then eh, it's probably pretty. If I consider watching this company for another month, then yes, then then you have you have successfully done that. So yeah, 
which over the, the course of the last year and a half has many times where I've said, Joe, I think we got to stop just covering these WWE shows, but they have a few ones like these and they get us back in. So another yeah, month. If you, if you only think that during one match on the show, then yeah. it's a good WWE pay-per-view. It's not bad at all. All right. We are up against the clock, but we are going to go overrun here. Uh, we got Melbourne City Wrestling, Dragon Gate, King of Gates. Uh, also, I want to talk about the RVD uh, doc on, on, on the WWE Network or, or Peacock. So if you were a live $10 subscriber... Just stay on the line. The same thing, the same link. Everything is going to be exactly the same. Uh, if you are a uh, one of those freeloaders listening on the podcast app, uh, you got to go to patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. Get on our Patreon, and then you can listen to the overrun or review uh, of MCW Dragon Gates and, and the RVD doc and, and some other stuff as well. Um, but yeah, that's it. So if you're if you're listening live, you're a $10 subscriber, you are good. You're good to go. If you're a Patreon subscriber, you're going to get it on your Patreon. Hang on. Yep. And if you're then, listening live, do not. Yeah, stay. You're gonna, you can stay on and listen to the rest, or you can move on with your night and listen to it on the feed tomorrow. That's exactly. up to you. Right, right. But. So you're going to get it on the audio feed, on, uh, or you can go and listen to this video, you know, do the replay on YouTube as well, which many people uh, do. But yeah, the only people that are not going to hear it are the freeloaders, but you can hear it at patreon.com uh, slash voice wrestling. So for uh, Joe, I'm Rich. We'll talk to you next time on the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. Take care. A new year, time for new growth. Grow your education and skills with Herzing University. Our online behavioral health programs fit your schedule and time. From an eight-month diploma program in health and human services to a 36-month bachelor's in psychology. Grow your behavioral health career with us wherever you are in your education. Your future starts now at Herzing University. Visit us online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109. Online at herzing.edu or text HEALTH to 85109.